It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. It may not feel like it. It's 60 degrees outside, but we are into basketball season. Welcome to Season 3 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm Ryan Epling, joined by James Collier, Rich Stevens with us. Bill Cornwell with us as well tonight. We also hope to hear a little bit later on from the head coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels, Rick Marone. He's a regular with the program, but he's busy coaching tonight. He scheduled a game for tonight. Rich, yeah. can you believe he would have the audacity I, to do that? The nerve, old Rick. I guess he's got better things to do than to join us. In I the guarantee studio. you there's free food involved. Oh, I'm sure. I, hey, I was <laughs> told there's Tulsa free food there here. I wouldn't have been here. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. if it's in Tulsa, there's free food because they usually take care of you in Tulsa. They do. They do. If you're going to drive that far, they better take care of you. Yep. Well, we get through the Super Six in football last week and we go right into high school basketball season. The girls already now completing their second week of the year boys basketball completing its first week of the year um, it's obviously too early to tell about a lot of teams we'll get more specific about these teams as we go along um, we have had some games though over the course of the past uh, week or so that were maybe a little bit of a surprise um, for instance you just go back one day the Parkersburg South girls lost yesterday to Lindsley Academy. We all know Lindsley Academy very good and uh, not in, not an SSAC member but a school out of Wheeling and um, but Parkersburg South losing which was kind of a surprise. So uh, we hope you bear with us here a little bit tonight as we get our bearings on the season opener. Episode 31 of this program. That's hard to believe. That's hard to believe. Yeah, that is crazy. It seems like we were just sitting in a room about, oh, I don't know, three years ago saying, this would be a great idea, and now here we sit, season three. So, um, as you said, still trying to get uh, get our feet wet for uh, season one, work out a few kinks in the armor, but uh, we're ready to get going. Yeah, if you're familiar with our show, we do have a few kinks every now and then that pop up, but you know what? We have a great staff, and we get them fixed. So, again, if things are a little bit... A little bit haywire at first, that's okay, because we got people on it, they'll take care of it, we'll get it fixed right up, and we'll be ready to go. But the reason why you listen to us is not to hear us talk about what's going on. You want to hear the scores of high school basketball across the state of West Virginia. And James, on this first Friday night with both boys and girls basketball teams in action, a full slate, you've got our first check of the basketball Friday night scoreboard. Look for scores, look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all of your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll start first on the boys' side. Cameron with a nice win over Bridgeport, Ohio, 87-39. Ryan Clutter, 22 points. Trey Routh nets in 22. Ben Hart gets 21. Buchanan Upshur, a 62-48 victory over Lincoln. Huntington runs away from Cabell Midland, 71-42. A 29-5 run in quarter number three. RCB knocks off Greater Beckley Christian, 70-43. Independence, 72-44 victory over Greenbrier West. It was Park South with an 89-62 victory over Brooke. Garrett Gilkelson, 33 points, six steals in the winning effort. Polka starts off its state title defense with a 76-50 victory over Nitro. Tuck Valley defeats Richwood, 87-30. Riverview 69, Tazewell, Virginia 41, that game going final. 
On the girls' side, it was Lincoln, a 61-42 victory over Ravenswood. GW knocks off Logan, 41-24. Buckhannon Upshur defeats Jefferson, 61-53. McKinley Gaudet, 22 points in the winning effort. And that is the first check of your basketball Friday night scoreboard update. Thank you very much, James. And already getting one correction. This is my fault. Lincoln beat Buckhannon Upshur in boys basketball tonight, 62-48. I had that score backwards, and I apologize. But that is your first check of the basketball Friday night scoreboard. And... Uh, course what we do a lot of times throughout the course of this program uh, we we get these scores as they come rolling in and uh, we get them to you we're the uh, kind of your one-stop shop for high school basketball scores in the state of West Virginia and throughout the night we're with you until midnight throughout the night you'll hear from sports writers coaches players and fans from across the state of West Virginia if you want to be one call us talk about the game that you went to tonight one 345 4709 is the number. And, of course, Rich Stevens just kind of introduced him there like he was part of the game normally, but he is with us. He's making his debut with us tonight. Yeah. Happy to have you along. And we won't say a long, extensive career in covering high school sports because, you know, we don't want to make you sound old or anything. But uh, <laughs> definitely uh, someone familiar with uh, high school sports through uh, Throughout the state of West Virginia, and uh, glad to have you with us. Thanks, Ryan. You know, um, I don't know if uh, you're aware or how many people are aware. I just uh, completed, actually completed my certification to become a teacher. Um, I'm not sure if that's a good move. <laughs> <laughs> that remains to be seen. Well, if it may, means anything, I'm sitting over doing the same thing, so I don't know if that's a oh, smart decision good. or not. Yeah. So. Well, after 26 years in the newspaper business, I uh, thought it would be time to change careers. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I have to had to stay involved. And, and when you guys invited me to come on, I jumped at the chance. Well, absolutely. Happy to have you along. Bill Cornwell does a lot of radio work with the Spring Valley Timberwolves. And it's kind of funny. He, he's jumping out of the newspaper business and I jumped in because I'm writing for the Herd Insider now. So <laughs> I'm actually kind of getting my legs uh, going in the, in the newspaper end, but, but yeah, doing a lot of uh, either broadcasting or PA work at Spring Valley and uh, very much uh, involved in, here, in the western part of the state with high school basketball and have been for years. Of course, we have a lot of uh, things to talk about throughout the course of the night. We'll introduce you to our new affiliates throughout the night as well as we've picked up several over the course of the past year. And we can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Fast Break Sports Network. I just want to update one score because this is a, a great ball game that we've been tracking tonight. They're in overtime right now. Westside leading Scott 79-77 with a minute and a half to play. And guys, Scott played an Ironman 5. They, they did not sub in that ball game tonight. Could be that uh, the coaches are saying these are the five that we trust for now to start the season. You know, maybe you start getting a little deeper on the bench, but hey, depending on who you have coming back in a year, you start with that five, that six, and you don't go any further until you have people that prove otherwise that they can perform. In a game like this, quite frankly, I don't mean to interject, but yeah. in a game like this, Nick, you know, Nick Cavill, I'm sure he's comfortable with those five. Right. In a game like this, it's going to be tight. He doesn't want to throw somebody into a crazy situation. If they play a team down the road when they're leading by 15, 20 points yeah. in the third quarter, I'm sure he'll throw some of his reserves into game action and see how they respond. Yeah. 
Well, guys, one of the major stories that we tracked a year ago was that of the Polka Dots as they became the first undefeated West Virginia boys high school basketball team since Payton City in 1987. They completed that with the Class AA state championship. Have a lot of good players back, too, from that ball club. And uh, tonight, a 76-50 win over rival Nitro. And uh, they seem to just kind of pick right up where they left off. Well, it, it started off quick for Hampton with a fast-break dunk, and that got everybody going. You have Elijah Cuffey back with that team. It's uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting year. You, you take away Noah Frampton from the mix, and you think, well, at least they'll slow down. It doesn't appear that uh, Alan Osborne's team, they're going to just shift gears and head right on toward another state title. Well, what I'm interested in seeing, and I've spoken with a lot of people about this, is uh, how uh, Luke will respond without his brother there because when they lost their father, and you know it kind of took on uh, uh, the father's role in the house and with the family, and uh, Luke's really leaned on him, quite frankly, on the basketball court and off the basketball court. And, uh, I, you know, Luke wasn't terribly assertive on the court last season. And he's, and uh, you could see Elijah coming around, especially when the tournament came. So I'll be interested to see how Luke responds, um, you know, in, in more of maybe perhaps of a leadership role in addition to, uh, you know, running the point for Poca. Everybody in the state knows about the dots. They're going to get a chance to be on a national uh, I guess stage in a couple of weeks because they're going down to Myrtle Beach to the uh, the Round Ball Classic, which of course Dan D'Antoni I guess helped start. And you play really good competition down there. They'll really get a chance to prove themselves in that Round Ball Classic or Beach Ball Classic. I talked with uh, Alan Osborne back in October, and we we plan on having him on a little bit later on here tonight. And he told me that he was in a bracket with uh, Montbird Academy. Oh, uh, my. Who uh, just beat Huntington, Huntington. Prep on uh, ESPN2 the other night. By three points, yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, that, that could be a possible second-round point. But, of course, they would have a private school out of Georgia that's really good in their opening round if things didn't get changed. I think he he doesn't back down from anybody. He care. But I think and especially at this time of the year, why, what would you? This is the time of the year you're seeing so many coaches around the state, and this was something we discussed so much last season. Would you rather play a cupcake schedule and then pick up 20 wins going in toward the playoffs, or would you play a gauntlet, oh. finish 500, and be ready to be battle tested when you go into the playoffs? Right. And this is going to make them that much better. That yeah. Yeah. You know, what I find interesting, you're right, Allen doesn't back down from anybody, but when that Hurricane game got postponed, and much anticipated meeting with Hurricane got, uh, quote, postponed last season, um, a lot of the, uh, you know, Poca play, or Hurricane players were claiming that Poca didn't want to play them because it was late in the season. It would ruin their perfect record. Um, it, <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows? I'm not throwing any blame around. But, the, but you know, that would have been a tremendous matchup. The game, you know, the, the anticipated game was going to be sold out uh, the first meeting, and uh, it just never happened. And it was kind of neat because in the end, um, Poker went 27-0, and 0, and uh, as far as recorded history, no team in the history of the state has gone 27-0 and, and won a state title. So they were the first to do that. And they actually had a big comeback against Fairmont Senior in the, in the title game. They started out down, I believe, 20-5 to 5 early in that ball game, and um, that was the first time they'd been hit by, by a haymaker out of, yeah. out of the gate all year, but they answered back and got the win. One of the regular segments we have on this show is our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Usually he calls in sometime around 10, 10.30. He's ready to go tonight, guys. Leave, wow. leave him on hold. <laughs> We're not ready for Bo Anderson. Take the ball out of his whistle. <laughs> Bo Anderson, our resident referee, 
he's ready for high school basketball. He's in on our first segment. That's the first. Bo, welcome to the program. All right, let's try this again. Bo, welcome to the program. All right, right now. See, the show's not ready for him. No, obviously <laughs> not. Obviously not. We'll go ahead and put Bo back on a hold for just a moment, try to get that straightened back out with him. Yeah, that would be very fast for Bo. I was one of the things I want to talk to him about uh, this year, you know, are there any changes that people who are going to games will see? Now, there have been some major changes in college basketball, but people sometimes don't realize that doesn't always equate to anything changing in high school. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you're seeing uh, things with the college level this year, the new timeout rule that you can uh, you have 10 seconds in the backcourt and if a ball's poked out of bounds, the 10 seconds doesn't reset. Now you can use a timeout in the backcourt and get a fresh 10, but um, yeah, they, it, I'm interested to see how much that actually changed. Um, the other thing too in college where they, they move the halo out now four feet instead of three around the basket. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Every year, there's always some changes or some kind of tweaks that they do, and uh, Bo is always a good does a good job. Except we're still trying to figure out how you take a charge turned away from the person, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll figure that one out at some point. Well, in the, in high school, every year there's always even if there's not rule changes, there are always points of emphasis. Yeah, and I think eventually, and maybe this year, they might go back to. Uh, players leaving the lane early on free throws because that was a point of emphasis several years ago and uh it's gotten kind of out of hand so uh, people have been leaving early i just wonder if that's something that was brought up in the meetings i will i do know this one thing uh the one game that i have seen so far this year uh, it's a continuing emphasis from the wvssac as far as game administration trying to get the uh the pre-game warm-up situation the the timing on that a little bit more uniform around the state, and not just you know. Well, here's here's how we always do it. Or here's how we feel like doing it. No, they want it uniform. They want it very much uh, the same way around the state because it's the way they do it in Charleston at the state tournament, and and it's the way they do it in any of the postseasons. So that's the one thing is just administering the game in the same way, and that's on ads and the officials. Are you talking uh, basically about you know teams coming out with yes. twenty minutes, right at twenty? Twenty minutes, not don't come out uh, no a come half out. hour before the game, right. things like that. Okay, I right. assume that's what you meant. Well, yeah. And Rich, as a sports writer, I know you you're, you'll know this. Sometimes schools will say the varsity game starts at seven thirty. Right. It starts twenty minutes after the JV game, and that JV game may have ended at six forty-five. For yeah. all you know. Right. Right. Well, and that's a problem for fans coming in and spending their hard-earned money and arriving midway through the first quarter and wondering what's going on. Um, you know, some people claim us sports writers with deadlines now. <laughs> they 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 think that if a JV game goes into overtime. Um, you know, if it's especially if it's running late, eh, let's just call this baby a tie. Um, I'm not sure if I agree with that, but then again, when I was facing deadlines, there were times when I wish they did. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, right now, we're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll try to get a, our referee, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, uh, and we'll also take some of your phone calls as well. This is the season opener of basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Bo. Bo knows. Yeah, give Bo a nice I, The scoreboard is jacked up. I've got scores from everywhere. I've got people texting saying the scores are wrong. Basketball Friday night will continue in two minutes. 
Kelly's in white. He was scheduled at 9.15. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and basketball Friday what do you mean night it's all scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. All it takes I is use it every click week just to watch. Listen online with any computer do you or want mobile me to device try by to clicking to the listen. Do I need to go upstairs and see if there's something going part on? Of the basketball Friday night family. We'd like for you to become our correspondent and update us. Let me run up there and check just in case. Scores. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops <laughs> underscore roundup. Call the show. We yeah. want to hear directly from you tonight. Toll free. It's 1-855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates carrying the show. A shout-out tonight to the folks tweeting us. Including I can hear you, yeah. Chris Johnson, Brian Goddard, MLB, okay. Coach Tim, Aaron Bauer, Jana Jones, Megan Stevens, Brandon Noon, Jason Marshall. White, Tom Hart, Lady B's Basketball, and Roll Tide. Once again, follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Call us toll-free tonight, 855-345-4709. Scouring the kingdom of Mountain State for high school basketball gems. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Now our own Indiana Jones, your host, Ryan Epling. 9-18 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rich Stevens, and Bill Cornwell all with you tonight. Rick Marone, the coach, of, of course, he's got a ball game tonight with the uh, Tulsa Lady Rebels taking on Princeton. Um, we hope to have him a little bit later on in the program we want to apologize our phone lines are having a little bit of issue with them right now we are working on that currently so uh, i mean we we have our resident referee bo anderson tim stevens of the herald dispatch who covered the huntington cavill midland game and jason white the head coach of the now two-time state champion morgantown mohegan's girls basketball team we've got them on hold and we're working on it, guys. We're going to try to get the phone lines fixed so we can get you guys on the air as soon as possible. So we just hope you yeah, hang with us here for a few moments on that. But and we'll talk much more about this with, with Tim Stevens in a moment. But Huntington High won its second straight Class AAA Boys Basketball Championship a, a year ago. And uh, that was a ball club that seemingly for the second straight year, once postseason came around, became a, a different type of animal. They looked like they were on a mission when they got in the postseason. I'm, I watched them quite a bit, and it just seemed like they got the, the look in their eye. They got the fire in their eye, and nothing was going to hold them back. And, I mean, they're just loaded again this year. And, of course, Tavian Dunmartin is back, the, the little engine that could, as I like to call him. Uh, and interesting thing about him, of course, he has already gotten his uh, recruiting out of the way. He signed with Akron. Matter of fact, he was in the audience – 
week ago <laughs> at the Henderson Center in his hometown. Of course, rooting against the hometown team, uh, rooting for his boys from Akron. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll forgive that. But, uh, you know, he uh, he's, uh, leads a really talented team. It's, again, not a big team, but, man, they're quick, they're athletic. And seems like Ron Hess just has a knack for getting these guys prepared game after game. They don't have very many off nights. Occasionally they'll, they'll slip up and lose one, but most of the time they are really difficult to prepare for if you have to go against them. Ask all the coaches in the Mountain State Athletic Conference. Uh, they are really a, a machine, a well-oiled machine. Well, especially when you get to the state tournament, you get a one-day turnaround with those guys. Well, yeah, and, and they're just, you know, I made this comment to some people last year, and some people agreed, some people didn't agree. Um, but is, talent-wise, while the rest – I mean, let's face it, I've been involved in this stuff for a long time, and the talent overall in the state uh, has been down. It's been steadily regressing um, probably for the last 15 years, almost annually. And it's not, not an insult to anybody. I, it, whether you know, the, the population of the state has re- stayed relatively the same, but it's all kind of concentrated up in the eastern panhandle while other people are moving out. So population obviously has something to do with that. Um, I, I guess I should make a long story short. <laughs> um, actually, Huntington, uh, I, th- I think they've had talent. They've had a, the last couple of years, they've had as much talent top to bottom as the Beckley teams from, say, 20 years ago. I know it's going to drive some people crazy to hear that, um, but I, I really believe that. Now, they're winning, and they're really talented, but I don't think the rest of the state is, is keeping up, quite frankly. Another uh, club that re- repeated was Morgantown on the girls' side. And we're going to try to go to the phone lines here. Coach Jason White with us. And, uh, Coach, you end up being our first uh, our, our first guest on the program tonight. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. What's going on? All right, Coach White. Coach White, do you hear me? Yoo-hoo. Yeah, I heard a, I heard a sound. I thought I heard, I heard him. him yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to put him back on hold here I'm for muffled. just a moment. A muffled breath or something. There. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try to go back to him. And again, we're working on the phone line issue. Um, while I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here and go with Tim Stevens and see if see if maybe just Coach White just set his phone down for a moment and, and miss us there. <laughs> Tim Stevens, Herald Dispatch, uh, at Huntington High and Cabell Midland tonight. And uh, Tim, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Nope, nope it's the phone line still. All right, well, so we're still working on that. So uh, yeah, our, our guys will continue. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. We appreciate those guys holding on too, and of course, our resident referee Bo Anderson. He's he's been on hold for forty five minutes. How many minutes people are going to be on hold before we get one through? That's uh, that, that's, 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 that's we'll take a poll. That's, um, that's the dangerous question there. But again, uh, we, we've got a, a crew in the back, and they're oh, they're yeah. top notch crew, and they're working on it, and it, they'll get it fixed yeah, well, yeah. one way or another. They'll get it fixed. But um, we talked about the boys' talent as a whole kind of regressing a little bit. It seems like the girls' basketball talent in, in, in many ways is kind of exploding in that it's not just pockets of players from around the state. Right. You, you, have, you have girls going Division One from everywhere. Well, you have a lot of good, um, good players and a handful of good teams. And I think that's been – that's been the case for the most part with the girls' basketball in the state, 
But like you said, the talent, individual talent, has really improved. And uh, I, I don't know if it's the AAU circuit contributing. Um, I don't know if uh, just individual girls are getting more training. Um, I, I don't have an answer for it, but I can tell you uh, there's no question that the talent is really up. You've got Taryn McCutcheon at Parkersburg South, already signed to Michigan State. Olivia Seggy was a walk-on at WVU. She started or, or, as a true freshman uh, earlier. Sydney Nunley's at Radford in right. Greenbrier East. Yep. And Mackenzie Barker from uh, – from Clay County, doing uh, she was a freshman of the week in the uh, Metro Atlantic Conference uh, for Monmouth. Mm-hmm. And then, we could, then we could spend about twenty minutes talking about all the girls at Marshall who are. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I mean uh, Shana Gore, she will be, unless we're sadly mistaken, she will be on the Conference USA All Freshman Team because she is tearing it up already. They already at have Marshall, been a she's a gamer, no yes. question. And and you know we got the Capital Classic coming up here. On Sunday for the girls, for the women's basketball teams, you're going to have a lot of West Virginians oh, playing yeah. in that mm-hmm. ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the Marshall roster for them, and then Seggy again starting at WVU as a point guard, as a true freshman, and a walk on. That's a, that's a good program to We'll do give it a couple of years on. before the men in the Capital Classic with Dan Tony. Right. I think his whole roster is going to be West Virginia kids. I mean, you think about it, and of course, they're going to be adding in the next couple of days uh, John Elmore. Mm hmm. So even more West Virginia. Right. And then WVU has Brandon Knapper mm-hmm. and Chase Harler. Mm-hmm. And Chase Harler from Wheeling Central signed and sealed to WVU. And I believe uh, Knapper is set to go to WVU, but there was, there were some concerns about maybe they wanted him to perhaps go to a prep school for he a is. year to kind of bulk up. He will, yeah. He'll be going to a prep school. Um, yeah, to bulk up, get a little stronger. Um, if you look at the body type, like between him and Harler, Harler, if I'm mean, it's gonna sound weird, but if you see Harler like without a shirt on, he's he's solid all the way up and down. Brandon's still got some growing to do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so Harler's a little more prepared physically for that level. Um, as far as talent goes, skill level, I think Brandon's every bit every bit of there, but the body, he's just got to build up, bulk up, play stronger competition. Yeah, and Rich, I know you you've you followed South Charleston fairly close over the years for, for a long stretch now. That's the best program to not win a state championship in, in recent years. Well, recent years, because Bill Walton won one. <laughs> right. He was coach there. Uh, Bill Walton, the performer principal, and I like to call him the taskmaster. <laughs> He's, um, you know, it's just it, you know, certain teams, you just look at them, and you're like, there's just something, something about them. Something always seems to go wrong. And, uh, you know, it's not like, you know, with all due respect to Bobby Dawson, you know, Bobby would coach there and got so close and never won a state title. But at least Vic won one at Logan. And now you come to South Charleston with all this talent and you yeah. wonder, you know, what's going on? You just don't. This seems like last year, the situation with Brandon at the MSAC tournament, and then he had to sit out the last regular season game against Wheeling Park, and then, of course, they lose in the sectional. So you you just wonder, it's it's always something. You can't pinpoint it, but it's always something. Yeah, that always amazed me with Coach Dawson because his clubs were always talented and they were really hard-nosed. They really were like him. They were really just hard-nosed nose to the grindstone, take no prisoners, clubs. But you're right, something, uh, there would be like one game, especially in the postseason, it would always trip them up. Mm-hmm. And it, it just just didn't bear 
thinking about because you watch them in a regular season and they just look like they're unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. And I, but to be honest with you, um, the whole situation with Brandon at the MSAC tournament last year, um, he had some disrespectful words to an assistant coach and they mm -hmm. set him down for the Willing Park game or whatever. Um, I, I think he learned a lot from that. I think he's grown. Um, this, this kid, I think there's a, I, you know, we go down back through the Perry Henrys and everything, but I, I think he's on a mission. It sounds cliche and terribly corny, quite frankly. <laughs> and I, but um, I, I don't know, for some reason or another, I think that he can put him, them on his shoulders. And they can maybe not win a state title, but at least get closer than Vic has so far, if, if that makes any sense. Right. And it just, it just feels to me like a program that's knocked on the door, just can't get through it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know the one year they lost OJ Mayo and that crew in the state oh. championship game. Right. So, right, yeah. so no, nobody was going to beat them. But it seems like it's always something. Kind of feel bad for them at some time. Sometimes. So uh, obviously, South Charleston is another one of those teams to to keep an eye on, and um, we'll we'll continue to uh, obviously follow them and follow everyone else throughout the state of West Virginia as we go on through the course of the season and. Um, as a game that we've been following tonight, uh, we we touched on it there briefly. This West Side Scott game that went into overtime, and um, we'll get you an update on that in just a moment. But uh, those two teams met early in the season last year, and and Scott beat West Side, and then West Side went on to win, I believe, its next maybe ten plus ball games. But without Justin Coger, it's kind of a kind of a reset year for West Side, and they still seem to be able to play pretty well. Just based on early season results well nick nick cook is uh i mean this guy um he he's a player's coach but he also has certain expectations of his kids um <laughs> if anybody's ever dealt with nick cook he's a different when his team loses and i i don't have a problem with that it's passion um even as a, as a sports writer you know you talk to him after a winner after a loss some coaches are monotone they're the same person but nick really isn't and i you know he's he's not disrespectful but he's just real intense and i'm fine with that because the man wants to win and then that projects to the players and they respond to it and it's really worked out well for him we continue to work on the phone lines right now we'll step aside and take a break we'll come back we'll have a scoreboard update this is basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network Basketball Friday night will return in two minutes. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the team focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local teams and their progress all season long with Basketball Friday night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, your one-stop shop for all things in West Virginia high school basketball. 
tonight. We thank all the people involved and all the affiliates that helped make Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia possible. To come part of the show, go to our webpage, basketballnight.com. You can call, tweet, text, and email. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 1-855-345-4709, 855-345-4709. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And a shout-out to some of the folks tweeting us tonight, including Eugene Houston, Joe Bogato, Riverside High School, Jordan Colbank, Eugene Houston, Hedgesville Sports, and Michael Minich, Mike Fallon, Kerry Oset, Mountain State Prep Hoops, Tom Hart, Sean McNamara, Brian Woodson, Tom Hart, and Big Reds Athletics. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 933 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rich Stevens, and Bill Cornwell with you out on the set right now. James Carter will be back with us momentarily. We continue to work on our phone line problems. And, uh, again, I promise you, if they can be fixed, they will be fixed. Uh, we're going to try right now, maybe the third time's a charm, guys. We're going to try to go to the head coach of the Morgantown Mohegan girls basketball team, Jason White. And, Coach, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. There Yay. we go. All right. That's Victory. Coach. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And trust me, we're as happy to hear your voice as anybody right now. Hey, I'm glad to be on. I'll, I'll, take, I'll, I'll sit here all night if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, uh, coming off of that uh, state title, uh, a run a year ago, we talked about it in the last show from last year. Uh, about how you really locked down Parkersburg South in that in that ball game, and now you turn the calendar, and your ball club's off to a, a, a fast start again. Already an impressive win over a pretty good Fairmont senior team. Yeah, we uh, we're off to a pretty good start. We're uh, you know, we're, we're a team under construction right now. We're we're uh, getting better each and every day, uh, each and every practice, every opportunity we get to step on the court and. And uh, we're a team that's learning to play together, and, and we've got a lot of new pieces that we're plugging in there and uh, a few familiar ones from the last couple of years. But uh, a good mix of kids, and uh, kids have really worked hard in the offseason. Well, something that I thought was impressive a year ago was the difference in your team from two years ago to last year. You did not have to rely on Olivia Segi as much a year ago. But at the same time, when all else failed, you could just give her the ball and, and, and she could create. Now you don't have her. How much of a difference has that been for you? This is the first year you've coached that Morgantown club without her. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 quite a bit different. Liv uh, Segi's one of those special kids that you you get once in a lifetime as a coach. Uh, she's doing big things right now at WVU as as a freshman, and uh, uh, you know just very fortunate to have her in my first two years. Things are different now. Um, you know, our, our team's kind of looking around, looking for uh, somebody to pick up the, you know, the, 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 the pieces, so to say, when, when things get tough. And the thing you can count on with is, yeah, we didn't need her to score, but 
man at the end of the game, you, you love to have her on the floor and keep that ball in, in a kid's hand that, that's got that kind of talent. Um, she just kept everybody calm and cool and, and collected and kept us all on the same page. And, and right now we're just hoping that the, the kids that we have, the, the four seniors that we have, can kind of you know, pick up where she left off and each maybe take on a, a little piece of what she did for us. So uh, we're, we're learning. We're learning and we're growing every day as a team. Jason, Rich Stevens, um, I have a question for you. You know, um, girls basketball, it's hard to find, you know, rivalries, especially cross-state rivalries. You guys have kind of developed one with Parkersburg South, wouldn't you say? And, and secondly, if it's that's the case, um, how exciting is that? Oh, I definitely think we've formed a, a rivalry. I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different, Rich, in that it, it is a rivalry, but at the same time there's a lot of respect between our, our two programs. I, I think – uh, you know, we look forward to playing each other. I think the towns and the communities look forward to seeing that game, and I, I, I certainly think that that's one that people circle on the on the schedule as soon as that schedule comes out each year. Um, it's something we look forward to because when we go to the city of Parkersburg, which we'll do next Thursday night, uh, man, it'll be a packed house, and it, it, it's an exciting atmosphere and one that our kids don't always get a, an opportunity to play in front of. But uh, i got a lot of respect for Coach Stevens and the job that he's done at Parkersburg South. And, you know, when, when I took the job at Morgantown, I just I, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, I kind of looked up to that program and, and said, you know, I, I hope that we can build something that they have and, you know, and, and try to try to emulate a little bit of what he's done, but um, a lot of respect for him. But at the same time, I I certainly like playing them. It's 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 a great you know it's great basketball and it's great for the the, the state of West Virginia. And if you like, it doesn't matter girls or boys basketball. It's just it's a fun game to watch. Well, coach, you came out of the gate with four games in the opening seven days. Um, is that something that you did intentionally to to kind of? get right into the flow of things, or, or was that just how the schedule worked out this year? No, I intentionally kind of did that with the schedule. I'm fortunate enough at Morgantown High to get a, to, to make my own schedule and have a good say in, in, in who we play and when we play them. And uh, I wanted to do that because I knew our, our group would be young and, and, and need to gel together as a team. And I thought, you know, the, the, the greatest thing we can do is get out on the court and get playing some games and start figuring this thing out and try to figure out what our roles are. Um, you know, we've, we've got really five kids returning that saw significant minutes last year, um, even with the departure of, of uh, you know, three starters and a, and a couple role players off the bench. We still, you know, we played ten kids last year pretty regularly. So um, it's uh, – it's by design. I wanted to get those kids on the floor, and I wanted to to see uh, what they could and couldn't do, and then let them start figuring out you know what what role they'll they'll have on this team. Coach, looking at your schedule uh, on the road a lot during the holidays. Notice you, you're you're coming down uh, the, uh, the Charleston Huntington Way to take on St Albans and Logan, and uh, that's something that you've done in the past. And I know that it's helped as far as uh, I guess developing your squad. Yeah, it's uh, uh, you know we we enjoy making that trip to to Charleston area, Huntington area every year, and, and uh, you know getting to play a St Albans team that's ranked in the top five in AAA, and going down to play at Logan in a great atmosphere, and uh, it gets our kids out of town, and we stay in a hotel, and we learn to to play some basketball. So uh, we we like to get out on the road and, and 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 get away from home a little bit, and and play in other places, and 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 find out our travel routine and. Um, play where where we can uh, where we can be tested. 
Coach, I have to ask, since you've played against Logan last year, you've played against um, you know, a lot of players who are currently, uh, you've played against Spring Valley a couple of years ago as well. Um, Capital Classic coming up Sunday. You going to make the trip to Charleston? Uh, it's in my. It's currently in my travel plans. If, if things don't go uh, awry, you know, certainly got me you to know, live playing. You know, for for WVU. But I mean, you can't. You can't. You, you just can't pass up the opportunity to see a lot of West Virginia kids play. Shana Gore and and uh, Matty Morris. I mean, you got you got a lot of West Virginia. You know, kids, uh, you're going to be warming up on the Civic Center floor again, and, and that's exciting, I think, for the state. Uh, I, I tell people this all the time. I've been on the boys' side and the girls' side, but there's a lot. The, the talent we have in girls' basketball in the state of West Virginia, uh, a lot of people fail to realize just how good it really is. And not, you know, certainly with uh, Taryn McCutcheon, Michigan State, you know, she, she's gained a lot of popularity as, as being kind of the, 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 the big recruit in the state of West Virginia. But I tell you what, you look around this state, there is a wealth of talent um, up and down the state. Triple A, double A, single A, there's girls that can play the game and will continue to play this game at the next level. And if, if people uh, fail to realize that, then that's a shame on them because they, they're missing an opportunity to get to see some really good talent each and every night around this state. Coach White, your team back in action on Monday against John Marshall, four and zero on the season. Um, we obviously uh, wish you the best of luck throughout the remainder of the season. Good to talk to you again. Hey, love talking to you guys. Uh, you guys have a good night and uh, have a happy holidays. Thanks you too. Thanks, That's coach. head coach Jason White of the Morgantown Mohegans girls basketball team, and uh, a regular to the program and uh, someone who's been kind enough to. Give us a lot of his time. I remember last year, he was at the NCAA men's basketball regional and stepped out to call our show. <laughs> and, of course, we kept him on hold for 20 minutes. So that's just, how, that's just how things go sometimes. But moving right along, let's go to Eric Little of the 96.9 in Parkersburg. He had the Parkersburg-Southbrook game tonight. And, Eric, big win tonight for the Patriots. Yeah, it's about the way you'd want to start your season for Parkersburg South. They got red hot right out of the gate. Seven three-pointers from Garrett Gilkison and Cole Day in the first quarter. They got out to a 38-10 to lead. And I told uh, Garrett Gilkison in a post-game interview, I said, there were a couple times in the first quarter, one when he had the ball, one when Cole Day had the ball, but I kind of thought in the back of my head that what if he hoists a three and he hits it, this place is going to go bonkers, and it did twice. And it was just that kind of night for Parkersburg South. Really the Patriots struggled a little bit in the second and third quarters. They um, didn't. They weren't able to limit Brooke as much as they did in the first quarter. Brooke really didn't get a good look at the basket the entire first quarter. Uh, Brooke was able to get some flow on offense, and the Patriots weren't able to get a whole lot of flow. But then in the first, the, last, uh, the first uh, three or four minutes of the fourth quarter, the Patriots' uh, first team looked really solid. The starting five looked really solid and developed some momentum. So we'll have to take with them. But a big night for Gilkison, 33 points. Uh, Cold day with, uh, believe by our unofficial, our unofficial stats, uh, 23, I want to say, for cold day. So a uh, pretty, pretty good night for a Patriots team that hit 11 three-pointers as a team. And that's something that we weren't sure about coming into this season. We knew last year's team with a lot of those three-point artists that they had that have graduated, uh, that's one of the things they were known for. But this year's team showing that there are no flashes from beyond the arc either. Well, I was just getting ready to say, lost a lot of offensive firepower from last year's state runner-up club. 
I'd heard good things about Parkersburg South JV a year ago also, which tells me that that's a developed program. And really, that's a tip of the hat to uh, Coach Fallon and to the kids as well. They don't seem to have missed a beat, at least for their season opener, when it comes to uh, scoring. So that JV program is headed up by Chris Heisen and his assistant coach, Bill Marshall, or, or Mike Fallon's assistant coach at varsity level, Bill Marshall. Uh, the, the both of them do a great job with that JV program. And you're coaching, you're watching those guys coach throughout the entire ball game. Everything's a teachable moment. And there were some players on that JV team that uh, stepped up tonight to make some contributions. They got five points off the bench in the second half from Shane Snyder, a guy who started on, I believe, the freshman team last year and then stepped up to JV later in the year. And uh, they got some useful minutes from him. And there, there are going to be some pieces off that bench for Parkersburg South that once they get a little bit better developed and get into the flow of this offense, are going to have the chance to make some nice contributions. All 14 players of Parkersburg South dressed tonight got to play, and I think that's big because there are, there are a couple sophomores and even one freshman. His son, Seth Fallon, is only the second player in Mike Fallon's six years to dress as a freshman. So definitely those guys were able to work out the – uh, I hate to say early career jitters, but, you know, your first varsity game is kind of a big deal. And they, they got that out of the way. 89-62, Parkersburg South boys beat Brooke tonight. And correct me if I'm wrong here, a game with Cambridge coming up on – Cambridge, Ohio, coming up on Tuesday? Yeah, they got a road contest with Cambridge on Tuesday. They haven't played Cambridge in a few years, so they'll actually play a home-and-home. -home, and that's an OVAC game, by the way, in the Ohio Valley Athletic Conference. Uh, they've got a Cambridge has a return trip, I believe, the last week of December. So uh, I asked Mike Fallon about it. They said we don't really know a whole lot about Cambridge right now. He's hoping to get a chance to go scout them tomorrow, I believe. But uh, they're going to learn quickly because they've got Cambridge Tuesday, then they've got them again, I believe, the 29th or the 30th, one of those two. But either way, it's the last week of December. So. Uh, be a good test for the Patriots to see somebody they haven't seen in a while. I'm sorry, Eric. Um, I had one question for you about tonight's game. Um, what did what did uh, sure. Parksburg South and Coach Fallon do with uh, Thomas Cole? How do they um, contain him? Well, truth be told, uh, he didn't get a lot of looks in the first quarter, but they didn't really contain him in the in the last three. He came away with 25 points, including 15 in the uh, last three quarters. Uh, Garrett Gilkison. Uh, Cody Boggs and uh, Cole Day in the low post did their best to try to keep Cole in check. And uh, really what they did is they stayed physical on Cole. Uh, they, they gave it back to him, and that's the, value, that's the value of having Cody Boggs back in the lineup. When Parkersburg South and Brook played in football, Boggs uh, suffered a season-ending injury. That was back in mid-October. So we weren't sure whether or not Cody was going to be able to play in this game. But uh, he worked his tail off, got some... Uh, got some good luck and some good fortune and was able to be healthy tonight and was very effective when he was in the game. Now, because the score got a little bit out of hand at points, there was one point where Parkersburg South went by 30. Fallon was able to substitute a little bit more liberally, and with a guy in bogs that had been hurt in football, uh, he didn't really see the minutes that you probably would have had him see maybe later in the year, uh, especially because I don't believe he was um, able to have, you know, be fully active until just a few weeks ago. So, therefore... You know, Parkersburg South, uh, uh, they compromised a little bit on defense there, I think, and that, that's what got Cole flowing. And once he got into the flow of things, he started being able to create some opportunities on his own. But I'm sure they would like to, con to have contained him a little bit better. But if they were playing on him in the first quarter, the way, or all four quarters the way they were in the first, then I don't think you would have seen that. But they stayed physical. 
89-62. Sorry, we got to set aside and take a break. Uh, Eric Little, we appreciate it, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Hey, thank you, guys. All right, right now we'll set aside take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with the head coach of the Parkers Brook South Patriots, Mike Fountain. Hey, you mentioned him? And now we have him on the line, so we'll talk to him when we come back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. We'd like you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team's scores by Twitter text or email and we'll make that part of our daily hoops roundup we want you to be part of the basketball friday night family on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup email scores at basketballnight.com scores at basketballnight.com send a text with scores to 304-249-4924 text your scores to 304-249-4924 Check it out at BasketballNight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. A shout-out to those tweeting us tonight. Thanks for all the tweets and scores and updates, including Austin Lowe, AJ50, CJ Fogler, Paul Atkins, Sarah Kidwell, 1023, The Ticket, Huntington Prep, Richard Deach, Brett Hildebrand, Evan Faulkner, WVOW Radio, Rick Kozlowski, Cameron Basketball, Eugene Houston, Chris Buchan, and Sheila. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.50 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. 10 till 10. We're with you till midnight. I'm Ryan Epling, Rich Stevens, Bill Cornwell, James Collier all with you. We'll have Rick Marone a little bit later on as well as James continues to diligently work on the scoreboard. Uh, again, we want to apologize. We had some technical difficulties early on. We know we were a few minutes late getting on the air. Uh, we appreciate everyone who stuck it out with us. And, of course, uh, our engineer, Mike Stanley, who we, we always joked that he could put the square peg in the round hole and never have a problem. Uh, he figured out how to get things fixed for us and get us all up and running. And a big thanks to him. Uh, Basketball Friday well. night in West Virginia. And Again, we're still working out the kinks. We'll be all right, though. Nothing to worry about long term. And uh, while James continues to work on the scoreboard, we'll get you an update on that at the top of the hour. We're going to go to Mike Fallon, the head coach of the Parkersburg South Patriots Boys Basketball Club, and uh, 
Coach, um, picked right up where he left off, even with a kind of a new cast of uh, characters this year. Yeah, you know, this group, all we had heard all summer, you guys, you've lost six seniors, you know, you guys are going to struggle this year. And that kind of put an edge on these guys to, to come out and, and the way they did tonight. Well, we were talking with Eric about the importance of the uh, of developing your JV and getting JV guys ready to play, ready to step in. You had such a senior-dominated team a year ago that there was a backlog of minutes. There just weren't enough minutes to go around at the varsity level. But it seems like just from the fact that you come out and win by 27 on opening night that uh, you've got a good program top to bottom. You know, we've got a lot of great kids in our program, and our kids do a great job of working in the off season. And a lot of that credit goes to our kids. I mean, they spend extra time in the gym, and, and they work, and, and it's, it's becoming a good thing because now kids want to be part of our program, and they want to be part of that. The environment we had tonight with our, our, our psychos in the student section was unbelievable. You pick up that big win over Brooke, and I know last year was a little bit of a disappointment in terms of, I mean, you know, I don't want to say disappointment because that sounds bad. You finished runner-up, you uh, went to the wire with a very good Huntington ball club. I know the outcome wasn't what you were, were wanting. Uh, did that, do you, did you sense that even though a lot of the kids that were playing tonight did not play in that game a year ago, that they still were able to gain some motivation from that? Oh, easily. You know, and that's one of the things we've talked about since day one. You know, that game's a one-possession game. We were one possession away from winning the state championship, and, and these kids have kind of built on that and worked and worked, and, and, and that's why we try to approach every game. You know, each possession is so important because it makes a world of difference. Coach, looking at your early schedule, uh, i got to uh, give you credit. You're really challenging yourself right off the bat after – you take on uh, Cambridge, which is a, uh, we understand is a league game now for you in the OVAC next week. Next Friday, you've got uh, South Charleston on the road. And we, we were talking on the show earlier about uh, South Charleston probably as talented as, as always this year. That's always obviously going to be a big test for you. Then you're going to challenge yourself with a road game to take on uh, Cincinnati McNicholas, which plays in uh, that very tough uh, Catholic uh, Cincinnati uh, league. Yeah, and that's what we really want to do with these guys. We want to thoroughly to, to see where we're at, you know, and, and kind of challenge ourselves. And, and the good thing is, you know, we go to Cambridge. They really know a whole lot about them. Um, next Tuesday, so be kind of one of those games when we have to go in, you know, not knowing. And then, you know, South Charleston next Friday. And hopefully that South Charleston game is like a 900-mile-an-hour track meet back and forth to both teams. <laughs> And uh, the team from Cincinnati, we want, you know, we don't know a whole lot about them. Hopefully we'll get to watch them before we play. But, but all those teams play so many different ways. They come tournament time, that, that's so important. Yeah. And that's what these guys really need. You know, we're going to lose some games maybe this year that maybe we're not supposed to. But I think by the end of the year, we can be as good as last year or maybe better. Coach Mike Fallon of the Parkersburg South Boys Basketball Program. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Happy to get a chance to do so again here tonight. And we wish you the best of luck and look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, and you guys do a great job. It's awesome what you do for all these kids. Hey, so I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. We appreciate it from you as well. And moving right along, we're going to go now for a second time that we're going to introduce him, but I think we're going to have him this time. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson. <laughs> yes, we've already been teed up. It Bo didn't knows. take very long. Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
Hey, buddy, I'm here. I thought you all just threw me off the show. I kept trying to get in and click down out. I've got all kinds of tech with you guys right now. My cell minutes are going crazy. <laughs> we won't pay for that, just so you know. But um, nonetheless, uh, our resident referee, and uh, we always appreciate you giving uh, your time to, to talk with us about some of the, the nuances or, or things that maybe the common fan or, or sometimes even – Sometimes coaches may be, are made aware of and then forget in some instances. Um, any big changes that anyone going to a high school basketball game will see this year? Well, not really. They, uh, they changed. Well, they didn't change. It's kind of always been a rule. But they added uh, that the player in the post receiving the ball is the same as a ball handler out front. So you can't put two hands or a continuous hand or change of hands on that player. Uh, some of the stuff that they changed this year is mechanic stuff that uh, the fans really probably won't understand anyway. It's stuff that we've got to do. Um, and then last year you had the addition of coming in on the release on the free throw, and they failed to put in the part about the player who's blocking the shooter out has the same rule as the shooter, you know, the shooter can't cross the line until the ball hits the rim. Well, they they were not uh, matching up with that player who was crossing the line to block the shooter out before the ball hit the rim. So they had to make that fair and not allow the player who's blocking the shooter out to step behind the line or on the line to block out until the ball hits the rim. So they have the same restrictions. They can come into the lane on the release, but they can't step back and block the shooter out until the ball hits the rim if they're going to go past the free throw line. They can't make contact, then, is what you're saying. They can't make contact with the free yes. throw shooter. Uh, okay. Well, Bo, it, it, yeah, they have to have the same rule as the free throw shooter. Well, some years ago, um, you know, leaving the lane or entering the lane early on a foul shot, that was a point of emphasis because it, was get, it used to get, you know, pretty physical down there. And there was a point of emphasis made about leaving early, and that's gotten kind of sloppy um, the last full year, few years. Um, is there going to be is, is that is that a, a, you, did you say that was a point of emphasis where they're going your whistle's going to start being blown for players leaving early? Is, is was that a point of emphasis? Well, it, well, it, it, you know, it's a rule, and they just put the rule back in last year where the players on the Mark Lane spaces can leave when the ball's released. I see. Uh, that has changed several times. Prior to that rule, right. they had to wait till the ball hit something, whether it be the backboard or the rim. Right. And then prior to that rule, it was on the release. So it's changed right. about four times since I started officiating 33 years ago. But now they've decided to go back to the on the release because they think that's a little bit more fair. And uh, but they had not put in like they did the last time it was on the release, and people were blocking out the free throw shooter, and they weren't allowed to go across the line. But that the person blocking them out could go and back them out a little bit farther than they should be allowed to before the ball hit. So they had to make it fair. Uh, you know, everything is created equally for the offense and the defense, and uh, you don't reward either one uh, for unfair play. So. Therefore, they, they had to make that little change in the buck this year as far as uh, being able to uh, not being able to block out the shooter step past the free throw line till the ball hits, just like the shooter has to wait till the ball hits. Well, Bob, I know we're just at the end of the 
second week of the girls' season, the first week of the boys' season, and I've only really got time for one more question for you, so I'll ask anything that you've seen that's just been kind of strange to this point that maybe you would want to, to share an explanation? <laughs> well, not, not yet. I've worked uh, several games already, and I'm coming back from a game right now, actually. Uh, nothing unusual, <laughs> other than the fact that the very first game, you know how people, you know, the athletic directors and everybody are just getting their thinking caps on, and I walk out to do, uh, you know, to watch the JV officials work in the game because it was a crew from, from my end, and uh, they had a hell ball, and I looked over to see whose ball it was, and the possession there wasn't at the table, <laughs> so I go to the athletic director and I said, uh, hey, I got an AD question for you. Where's the possession arrow? And he said, well, I have no idea. So spent about the next, he spent about the next 30 minutes. He went to every room, him and the guy, and he comes by and he said, this, this guy fixed it. It was broke, and now we don't know where it's at. And about 35 minutes later, here he comes walking across the floor with it about the fourth quarter of the JV game. And I said, well, thank goodness you found it. He said, I had no idea where it was. So, you know, you you got these early season kinks that need to be worked out. And, uh, you know, they so far, you know, the games I've had, there's not been any, you know, not been anything uh, strange yet. But, you know, it's a long season to go. And, you know, I am with stories. I'll have several of them before it's over with. Absolutely. Bo, we greatly appreciate uh, your time as always. And we look forward to finding out uh, what pearl of wisdom you'll be able to drop on us next week. Well, I'll, uh, I'll have some more stuff for you whenever I've got some uh, time and you've got time. I've got a few things we'll go over, and uh, I appreciate it. And I know it's season three, and I really enjoy being on the show and, uh, you know, giving everybody a little information because, you know, everybody knows I'll do this a million times. they got to go by the fans' manual and the coaches' manual, but there's only one manual that they need to go by. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what Bo says. What Bo says goes, basically, is what he's saying right now. That's Bo Anderson, resident referee. As always, uh, appreciate his time. Right now, we'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We will get you that scoreboard update. Top of the hour here. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Tonight, we welcome our newest affiliate. Our newest affiliate is 94 Rock WRLF in Fairmont. We also want to thank great radio stations around the Mountain State for carrying basketball Friday nights in West Virginia, including Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRCLP in Spencer. 104.5 FM WASP LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPW LP in Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan. 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZ, LP, Edmond, Beckley. 101.7 FM, WYAP, LP, and Clay. And 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. 
Marshall's flagship station. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in Huntington, in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, and also on Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online, high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 10.04 on this Opening Friday night of Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rich Stevens, Bill Cornwell with you. Rick Marone will be with us a little bit later on tonight as well. And uh, a cast of hundreds <laughs> behind, the, uh, behind the wall doing work for us tonight. And, uh, again, greatly appreciate all the work that they do for us as well. And, uh, guys, just going through some of the scores here on opening night. Uh, one boy score that, that kind of sticks out that just comes through, Pikeview beating Oak Hill 60-58. to 58. It wasn't that long ago that Oak Hill was a Region 3 perennial AA title contender, moved up to AAA, and it's not, it wasn't just the move to AAA. It seemed like the program kind of fell off right about that time as well. Well, just like most schools in the state, I mean, it's a cyclical situation. You know, a good group of kids comes through and then they'll have, you know, when that group leaves, I mean, let's face it, and, you know, every school goes through it, um, even some of the larger ones. You know, Beckley went through it. Huntington's going to go through it. I mean, let's face it, that's just the way it is. And, uh, and Oak Hill, they're on a down, downturn right now, but um, I can definitely see them uh, rebounding. Um, there's, you know, there's talent down there, but, you know, there's on a down cycle right now. And, uh, again, we'll get a full scoreboard uh, here in just a few moments. Of course, you can visit our website, basketballnight.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Um, that, those are ways you can follow us. You can also watch us on our website if you want to see this program um, visually from the uh, studios here um, on the campus of Marshall University. And, and thanks to Marshall University for allowing us to, to use this space and uh, to bring this to you and also to uh, Fred and Hazel Dameron who help out a whole lot in terms of getting our program to our affiliates, which our affiliate list has grown substantially uh, over the past year and uh, continues to grow. So big thanks to them. There is one thing I wanted to mention about that Brook Parkersburg South. Uh, the Sean Ryan, the sports editor at the Wheeling Intelligencer, uh, tweeted that uh, Thomas Colwitter with 1,000 points tonight. Um, for his career at Brook. He's been the best athlete in the school for the last two or three years. Um, so I guess he had 25 points and 12 uh, rebounds against Parkersburg South. So I just wanted to give yeah. a shout-out to Thomas Cole uh, for his uh, going over 1,000 points for his basketball career. Absolutely, and, and always uh, 
that's always a big accomplishment. Um, even with even with the fourth fourth year added, it's still pretty impressive. Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, I, I went to a school that's had two one thousand point scores ever still, and it's been open since nineteen twenty three. So uh, I understand how difficult uh, that that can be to uh, to to make happen. But um, there's a game going on over in Kentucky right now, featuring a West Virginia school. It's one that we've been following. Wyoming East girls basketball team is considered one of the, the favorites in Class AA, along with the defending champion Sissonville, who, who knocked them off a year ago in the semifinal in, in a fantastic ball game. Um, Wyoming East right now trailing uh, at Boyd County, Kentucky, which is just across the, the Big Sandy from where we are, the Big Sandy River, um, right now, and that's a uh, that's a four point lead for. I Boyd thought County you meant the, the furniture store. No, no, no. no okay, no, no. Well, that's, that's whatever. <laughs> I know. I, no, I know about the Big Sandy River and everything, but as soon as you hear that, you always think uh, this, big, yeah, those are the arena and the furniture store. That, that, that's called good branding. A shout out to Big Sandy Furniture Stores. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah that, absolutely. They do a good Not job. to mention their arena. You know, right, they well, have that, an arena. Oh, that's right. So they do. Yeah, just uh, about 15 blocks from, well, not even that, about 10 blocks yeah, from 10 where we blocks are. From here. And what we were talking about with Oak Hill, of course, uh, they, they have a new coach, Benitez Jackson, who who actually is a 98 graduate of Oak Hill. It's his first season. So, you know, as soon as he gets settled in a little bit, I think uh, things will improve down there. And uh, certainly we, we look forward to it. Just feel, you know, that, that part of the area or that part of the state, Oak Hill, um, we'll, we'll be moving back down uh, in the next classification period. I mean, some of those Region 3 battles with Bluefield, Wyoming East, West Side, yeah. I mean, those were, those were yeah. outstanding over the years. Rich mentioned it about – Oak Hill, they, they go to AAA and really things kind of go south for them. But it's going to be really interesting to see a, a lot of these what were, were are still AAA schools like your Nitros, who have struggled in basketball. They go to AA next year. It'll be really interesting to see when they're in the Cardinal Conference, see if it really ups their their win total, maybe makes them just a little bit more competitive. Well, here's, here's the issue, and I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, – I don't think it's necessarily the triple and double A thing that makes the, the whole bit of difference till the postseason. Um, when it comes to a school like, well, we mentioned Oak Hill when you know they were double A. Fred Ferry was the coach; he had been there a long time, um, established, had a system and everything. Benitez Jackson, uh, I believe, he played actually played was an assistant with Fred, so things will turn around there. Um, and it's, in terms of the classifications, um, yeah, I think teams when they're struggling, um, when they're like a Nitro, for example, in basketball, when they're stuck playing an MSAC schedule and they have so few kids in their school um, and they're not known to be a basketball school, so they don't necessarily have all the best athletes in the school playing basketball, um, they'll, they'll they'd be, you know, better off, you know, setting themselves up with a couple of games that they could win. It sounds bad, but it's not bad as it sounds. Not trying to sound, not trying to sound insulting, but setting themselves up with a couple of victories to gain some confidence. You have to build a program, absolutely. And, and the MSAC is unforgiving for it that. It is. It certainly is. And and that can be said too about several of the conferences uh, across the state. Uh, we want to move to our athlete of the week. And the East Fairmont Bees girls basketball team off to a one and one start. A win over Kaiser. Um, just less than a week ago, last Saturday, a 57-54 win for East Fairmont, a 52-49 loss in their last outing to Robert C. Bird. That was earlier this week. So a pair of close games right out of the chute 
for East Fairmont. And in those two games, uh, good start to the season for Felicity Van Gilder, who is our student athlete of the week. She had 17 points and eight rebounds against Kaiser and had 22 points and 15 rebounds in the game against Robert C. Bird. She joins us now. And uh, Felicity, first off, welcome to the program and congratulations on being our athlete of the week. Hi, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, understand that uh, beyond the basketball court, you're also involved in uh, quite a few community activities and, and such forth there in, in the Fairmont community and in Marion County. Uh, can you share with us uh, some of the things that, that you're involved with there? Yeah, our coach tries to get us involved in a lot of community things and get to know the people. And last year we rang the Salvation Bells for the Army, Salvation Army and stuff like that. Just things to be known and, like, support our community. Uh, community support, man, that's, that's something that you, you really appreciate more with age sometimes uh, than when you're right in. And I, I know that's something that will stick with you uh, as you continue on as well. But uh, on the basketball floor, um, we talked about there just a moment ago, one and one on the season and two close games right out of the chute uh, with the win over Kaiser with the loss to Robert C. Bird. Um, tell me a little bit about your ball club, though, from your perspective. Um, we're just trying to – our biggest competitor is ourselves. We tend to, like, the mental game is our hardest thing to get over. We're, we, we have a lot of athletic girls, and we just tend to have a mental block that we lower ourselves to the competition that we're playing instead of playing to our competition level. Hey, Felicity, can you uh, give – I'm sorry, go ahead. I oh, pa- no, you're fine. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, I, can you give the, the viewers and listeners a feel for how it is to travel to someplace like Kaiser? That's a pretty good haul for you guys. And then get a three-point win and then the, the trip home. Because I know what it feels like to, to, to make a long trip and, and, and come home after a tough loss and to, to win a close game like that. That's got to be a pretty good feeling, especially when it's on the road like that. Yeah, it really is. You come in there and you you have a good mindset. And we, it was a really close game. We were down 16-5 the first quarter, and then we tied at halftime. And, you know, you get that adrenaline pumping and the whole team's ready to go and you have to keep your head up. And it was a pretty good feeling to win. Felicity, I understand you're taking the ACT tomorrow morning. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> All right. Well, tell you what, we want to make sure that, that that you that you get plenty of sleep, and we don't keep you up here on the program. We certainly wish you the best on that, and uh, we'll let you go now. Congratulations on being our first uh, basketball Friday night West Virginia student athlete of the week. All right. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right. That's Felicity Van Gelder. She is from. East Fairmont, and she is again our student athlete of the week. We'll set aside, take a break. When we come back, a familiar voice to all of our listeners will join us from the WFGH studios. You'll hear Rick Marone when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Emily Stoller, Fairmont Senior, Stephen Harrison, Sissonville Indians, Mackenzie Barker, Clay County Panthers, Jared West, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, 
Jadarian Wade, Parkersburg, Big Reds, Gage Wicks, Williamstown, Yellow Jackets, Gavin Nichols, Clay County Panthers, Elijah Cuffey, Polka Dots, Cody Maynard, Parkersburg South Patriots, and Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Each week we consider nominees based on their leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website basketballnight.com and click on the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for everything high school basketball. A shout out to all the folks tweeting us with scores and updates tonight. Thank you to Natasha Lowe, Musselman Virgil, Bulldog Nation, Austin Lowe, Brian Webb, Brian Goddard, Chris Johnson, Coach Tim, MLB, Aaron Bauer, Jana Jones, Megan Stevens, Braden Noon, and Jason White. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Be part of the basketball Friday night in West Virginia team. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. It's 10-17 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this December 11th, 2015. On a day when many of you may have had to do some lawn work. Because it was in the 60s and 70s today and will be again tomorrow. Feels like spring. Feels like we should be about. The weather feels like we should be about ready to crown a basketball champion and moving on to baseball instead of just starting the basketball. I season. think it's usually colder this time yeah. of the year than during the state tournament, right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. I knew some golfers that were like like doing cartwheels today. They were so excited to be able to get out to the course today. Uh, I'll tell you, somebody who was staying in today and and coaching basketball was Rick Marone. He is part of the. Uh, the, the Barbara J. Marone shootout that they have down at Tulsa High School. It's going on uh, tonight and tomorrow. He joins us now. And uh, Coach, obviously we miss you here in the studio, but uh, good to have you. i tell you what, uh, glad to be here and uh, emanating from the, the actual uh, center of the universe here at WFGH Studios. You guys uh, sound great. I know a little rocky to get going, but you guys are rolling now. And appreciate you guys uh, touching base with me and having – it's been a – a long but a good day up here in Glen Hayes. Well, tell me about your games today that were uh, that were down there at, uh, at Rebel Arena. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I know you've been a part of uh, this tournament. Uh, it's it's uh, closing in on 20 years. Uh, it's uh, you know it's been a a long term uh, uh, you know uh, tournament that's been ongoing. Uh, eight years ago, we made a decision to change it. We had a holiday tournament sponsored by Key Player Courtwear. Uh, we combined it with the BJM, which is Barbara J. Marone, a memorial scholarship, which is in honor of my mother, who was a 30-year coach in Wayne County. And it's given to uh, female athletes in uh, Wayne County at various schools to further their education. And uh, it's a great uh, cause. 
We get great teams to come down, and this year's no different. Uh, we had Logan and GW battled it out in the first game. GW got a nice win in that one over Logan. It was a great ball game, and then we were able to get a win against Princeton in the nightcap. So tomorrow at five o'clock, it'll be GW and, or excuse me, Logan and Princeton in the Constellation game, and then we'll be uh, tangling with GW again this year in the finals at 7 o'clock. Well, Coach, obviously a good win for your ball club tonight, and um, your team is uh, maybe has one of the better freshmen around. That uh, it, It's a name that I think people can associate with Tulsa because I, 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 being from the area, I can name some names probably easier than most. But when you think of Tulsa and, and girls basketball, you think of the Pollingers. You think of the um, Geralds and the Gerald family. And you've got uh, a freshman down there who's uh, uh, got big expectations on her, at least. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, she really broke loose tonight. Uh, Dina Geralds, uh, it was a great team effort. Uh, Dina had 28 tonight. She had seven threes. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Mariah Finley, another sophomore guard that ran the point for us last year, she had 19 tonight. and hit a couple threes, but we had balanced scoring, Ryan, but Dina is a special player. Uh, she really works at her game. Uh, she loves it, and uh, she makes everybody better, but uh, <clears throat> you know, she's a really good leader on the court. It was a good win. We kind of stubbed our toe against Fairland last week and weren't real happy with uh, with our performance, but we came out tonight. We really had a great week of practice, and uh, we got rolling there in the second and third quarter, scored 45 points between the two, and Dina was leading the charge, but I'll tell you, a lot of the other girls, we had a couple girls with nine points apiece. Sarah Jude, another freshman. Lisa Cloud had nine. She's a junior for us. We've only got one senior. And, Ryan, we, unlike uh, a lot of the male sports, uh, we only have nine players on a roster. Two of them are in Charleston tonight preparing for the state cheer competition. So <laughs> we had seven players in uniform tonight, and they really grinded it out. So you were kind of lonely over there on the bench tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm lonely anyway. Nobody likes to sit beside the coach. But yeah, and I had one who had been ill, so we had we really had six and a half. Uh, Courtney Vance uh, gutted it out and gave us some minutes, but she was really battling the flu. Didn't practice yesterday, but a uh, uh, good team win for us. We needed it, uh, and uh, we've got a big challenge tomorrow. But a great tournament up here. We're glad to be a part of it. Hey, Rick, I got to ask you. Um, there was a girl that plays for George Washington that I coached in youth basketball. She's a point guard. And I know I'm asking you to uh, tell me about an, a player from another team. <laughs> Her name is Dee McMillan, a little point guard. Um, did you get a chance to see uh, how? Well, I should say, how did she look? Um, I haven't seen her play. For she a played years. well. Uh, yeah, yeah, she played well. Uh, GW has a, has a nice team. They've got, uh, of course, Cheyenne Banks in the middle, about six three. And they've got some really nice guards, and she's one of them. So Coach Lamaster does a nice job. So you did a good job in youth league with her as well. I did nothing. I, <laughs> I, 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 I basically, she was one of my best players. You know, as boys and girls mixed, and and she stayed on the floor most of the time because she was one of my uh, better players. But I did nothing. All I did was send her in the game and take her back out, and I used my timeouts to make it look like I knew what I was talking about. I was good at that, though. I'm really good at faking it. <laughs> Coach, I got to say, I like your schedule early in the season in terms of you, you kind of get to challenge yourself against some non-traditional type of opponents, Fairland, Ohio, over in Proctorville, not too far away, but um, a school that 
probably most people in the state aren't really familiar with. Um, obviously, playing Princeton, that's no short trip. George Washington, not a traditional type of team that a double-A opponent would play. And then you play Grafton in the Big Ten uh, shootout, Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout next Friday, which should be an outstanding event. Um, really, you get to test yourself against different types of ball clubs early on, not necessarily the, the teams that you would have to face in the postseason. No, I, I was telling our girls, you know, I kind of took some heat because we have our, you know, our tournament, and here we invite three AAA teams. So, you know, I was kind of taking a beat down, so I'm glad that they were able to, to kind of help me uh, fend people off. But, uh, Ryan, you've been around us long enough. We try and play a challenging schedule. We feel like it gets our girls ready for, you know, for tournament play, which is our ultimate goal. And so, you know, we've got a fairly young ball club, but, uh, you know, they love to play and they work hard. And so we want to test them against the top competition, and we feel like we do that with our schedule. And then our conference is brutal as well. I mean, you've got the defending state double-A champion in Sissonville. You've got Chapmanville, Wayne. Uh, there's a lot of other strong teams in the league. So we're excited about the season. Uh, I think it's always a, a fun league. And, uh, Coach, you going to be able to stay around with us for a little bit? Uh, I'm at your mercy. Did you need me for another segment? I'd be more than happy to uh, and enjoy it. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll put you on. We'll put you on hold for a little bit, and we'll bring yeah. you back in, in just a moment. Um, always uh, appreciate Coach Marone's time as he balances uh, a, a lot of things that are going on and helping <laughs> us out as well. Right now, we want to go to back to the phone lines and the head coach of the Magnolia Boys Basketball Team, Dave Tallman. Coach Tallman, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. How you doing? Hey, we're doing great. And, and and here's a special thing for our listeners. We're going to get two for the price of one out of this phone yes, call. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, definitely appreciate uh, this. And, uh, uh, Coach, uh, first off, how many athletes do you have that are just now getting into basketball after winning the state football title a week ago? Well, you know, we go with like a 10-man rotation, and five of them are on the football team. Hmm. That's that's a good problem to have, I, I would think, though. Yes, it is. It's just uh, getting that team chemistry back is the big thing right now. But we've been through it before, and the attitude's been great so far. Uh, and and I, I don't want to necessarily ask you a question to answer for the football program, but you were able to break through, win the title in basketball a year ago. I got to think that carries over a little bit for confidence when it comes to football, and then circles back around for basketball this year. Yes, it does. I mean, we pushed our schedule way back. We opened next uh, on Friday night. Matter of fact, Dave and I just got back from Parkersburg South High School, where Brook High School. I opened with him on Friday in the first Mohegan Classic in Morgantown. Then Dave plays them on Saturday. So uh, it's been uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, your, your son, the head coach of uh, the Morgantown boys basketball team. We'll talk with him in a moment. And, and again, you talk about pushing your schedule back. That means that you, you're going to have a little, you know, ba basically one less week and the same number of games. Uh, any concern about that creating a little bit of stress? Or I mean, I, I sometimes think that that's overthought out because when you're between 16 and 18 years old, you've got a lot of energy. Right, and you know, it's like this year. If we are fortunate enough to get to Charleston, uh, we do work in a sequence where we play Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I think you have to work on that a little bit during the year. Well, Coach, tell me a little bit about this team. Uh, I know uh, last year 
uh, you were kind of able to, to, to ride the hot hand of, uh, of, a, of strong guard play through the postseason. What's, right. what's, what's this ball club yes. look like in comparison? Well, Preston Boswell is back, and he is the uh, real deal. He's already signed a full ride to Wheeling Jesuit University. Uh, and the guy inside that also made the uh, all-tournament team at state tournament last year, averaging a double-double, was Mitch Winters. Uh, both of these guys are seniors. Uh, Kyle Ritz was instrumental on the on the football team. West Liberty uh, is uh, really looking at him hard for football. He also is a great basketball player, power forward. Derek Blaine, who hit the big three, uh, put us up 10 against Wheeling Central right before the half in the championship game, is back. He is just shooting lights out right now. So we're anxious. Hey, on Tuesday night, we're going to scrimmage Bridgeport, of course, the double-way champs, at their gym. So that ought to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Dave, uh, Rich Stevens, yeah. how you doing? <laughs> Good. How you been? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, what about you know? You yeah. know Spencer Campbell. Uh, he came up big in the state title game last year. Um, how do you, how do you uh, how you kind of fill in that void? Well, like I said, uh, we you know Derek Blaine has really picked up the slack. Tyler Anderson was our sixth man. Of course, he uh, rushed for over a thousand yards both years as a junior senior. Great athlete. And then Zach Hart is a six-five guy in the middle, also instrumental on that football team. So they're battling for that fifth spot. And then we have a young man, Tyler Williamson, who came in and played valuable minutes. Uh, he'll be working. So I told him we're not going to be in a real big hurry to get that fifth starter. We might ro- rotate him around a little bit, like Coach Huggins does over Morgantown, and just uh, see what is our best combination. Now I have to ask this, Coach, as we prepare for the handoff between the Dave Tallmans here. Um, are you more nervous for your first game or for Morgantown's first game? Well, you know, it's very difficult. I went down once David played Parkersburg South last year, and he got a technical foul, and he had to sit on the bench. And then I'm there, and I'm, I'm raising a lot of uh, cane with the officials, and I'm wondering if I get tossed out, do I have to sit out two games? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> well, hey, Coach, uh, definitely uh, – Appreciate getting to hear from you. Uh, we didn't get to talk to you after the title game last year. Congratulations on that Class A title from last season. Of course, your ball club opens up with Brooke one week from tonight. And uh, we thank you for right. joining us. And what, Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, what a, what a gauntlet we went through. You know, you remember the Clarksburg-Notre Dame, Dame, Notre Dame game and then the Beckley Christian and then the finish with Wheeling Central. Hey, one other guy I'd like to mention was is uh we have a junior or yeah he's a he's a sophomore Brooks Parsons who uh, anchored the four by four hundred team. Uh, he won a state championship in basketball last year and won a state championship in football this year and he's only a sophomore. Well, that that's a lot to live up to. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep that going. Hey, hey, coach, we appreciate. It. We're gonna step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Dave Tallman Jr., the head coach of the Morgantown. Mohegan's boys basketball team and basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local teams and their progress all season long 
with basketball Friday night in West Virginia for three hours right here Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's games. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball throughout West Virginia. Join us tonight on the phone and share your team's game. Call toll-free 1-855-345-4709, 855-345-4709. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Text the show, text 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924 with your texts. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Many folks sending us tweets tonight, keeping us updated. We thank you very much for that and all of our new followers tonight, including Brayden McHugh and Tynan Sager. New followers at hoops underscore Roundup. Also tweeting us tonight, Examiner Sports, Devil Dog, OG Basketball, CJ King. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.32 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rich Stevens, Bill Cornwell with you. As we are halfway through our opening program, uh, Rick Marone is in the, the home-standing uh, studios of WFGH-FM. Uh, we'll have him in just a moment. We'll also go back to um, Dave Tallman, Jr., Head coach of Morgantown Mohegans. But, Rich, over, over the years, I wanted to ask you about this from, from your standpoint, um, the dynamic of, of father-son relationships within basketball. They, there are a lot of them, and uh, lots, you know, a, lot of, a lot of kids follow in their, in their father's footsteps when it comes to coaching. Well, what's, what's really been special with uh, Dave and Dave is, you know, Dave, Big Dave, obviously won a state title with his son playing for him which was really neat. I, I had the opportunity to cover them um, throughout that season when they won the state championship, and uh, it was a real special moment. And I know Dave, Big Dave and Little Dave are very proud of that. And I remember speaking with Big Dave last year. Um, he was uh, you know, he obviously has a rooting interest in the Morgantown, um, their success with uh, Little Dave coaching them, and he was very disappointed last year um, that Morgantown didn't get down here, uh, down to Charleston, because, you know, he was real excited for the opportunity um, for both of them to be here. Um, and I think that would have been pretty neat as well. Uh, to me, when you really get into the thick of things, there are tremendous stories. And I know you've got to cover a lot of them over the years. Um, I'll just pick your brain real fast here. What, what are some of the ones that stick out to you that maybe are under the radar a little bit? Well, believe it or not, well, this is not one that I don't have very many of your listeners or our viewers that would really care about. But one of the neater ones, actually, you mentioned the Cambridge 
Cambridge, Ohio, um, their former coach, uh, I'm not sure where he's coaching now, Gene Ford, and his son, Gino, played for him, yeah. And, of course, yeah, you know you know that crew, you know. And uh, I, got to watch, I got to cover them because they played some of our local Ohio teams when I worked the intelligencer. Um, and I got to, you know, follow them a little bit, and that was really neat. And then, uh, of course, you know, Scott Ehrenholt, the coach. I'm talking about Ohio. Maybe I shouldn't, but Scott Ehrenholt, the coach at Zanesville, got to coach his son. Um, so that stuff is pretty neat. Um, it's, I, you know, it's kind of special because you'll sit, you know, Gene Amarante, again, Ohio, I apologize. <laughs> but Gene Amarante Blair got to coach his son, Jerry. Um so uh, it's it's really cool to watch a coach coach his son. A lot of times they, you know, um, give him the ball all the time and all this stuff. But that wasn't the case with these guys that I just mentioned. And as far as father and son coaching at the same time, I can't think of a, another situation like uh, like that uh, in the state in recent years other than maybe the Hatchers. Right, That's right. That's about it. Yeah. Well, and there's been a shift of, of the Hatchers. Yeah, too. there has. As uh, Mark Hatcher, no longer the coach at Logan, his father, Alan Hatcher, had been at Chapmanville Regional. Now he's the head coach at Logan. And there was a lot of shifting around of, of coaches down in the coal fields. And, um, again, we're going to get a scoreboard in just a moment. That's something that we're working on. Again, we had the technical difficulties earlier. That kind of threw everything back a few minutes. We're catching up. We'll get you a full scoreboard again. You can visit us on um, – basketballnight.com follow us on twitter at her at excuse me at hoops underscore roundup to uh to get that again basketballnight.com oh by the way uh, and i coached my son in aau for four years (laughs) right (laughs) again i go back and and i gotta point this out it wasn't coaching it was just basically, hey, you come out so he can go in. You were managing. Nah, there, well, barely that, but yeah, managing might be a strong word, Bill. I, I it's just, it is what it is, yeah. right? <laughs> and just real fast, one of those girls' scores that we've been keeping eye on: Wyoming East now leading Boyd County, Kentucky, fifty-two thirty-five, uh, midway through the fourth quarter. So that that was a game that turned around from a four-point deficit for Wyoming East to a seventeen-point advantage. Wow. For uh, for Wyoming, and again, that is on Boyd County's home court, folks. Yeah, over in uh, Summit, Kentucky, uh, just across the border here. But right now, we want to go back to the phone lines and go to Dave Tallman Jr. He is the head coach of the Morgantown Mohegans boys basketball team, and coach your team uh, getting set to open up play tomorrow against Buchanan Upshur. Um, tell me a little bit about what uh, what the expectations are for the Mohegans this year. Well, you know, we uh, lost Triple A All Stater first team CJ King last year inside, so I think our uh, style of play is going to have to change a little bit. You know, CJ was every bit of 300 in there and uh, taking up a lot of space. So we got a lot of athletes, you know, a lot of kids that have, uh, you know, bought in to uh, wanting to be good and, and wanting to be successful. So um very good group to coach very excited and uh, we're ready to get it tipped off we were talking about the father-son dynamic when did you decide you wanted to be a coach i don't think i had a choice guys (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i I believe that uh, i was in the gym yeah i was in the gym my mom told me i think a couple days after i was born so um, (laughs) didn't really know much else wasn't really uh I tell people all the time, I wasn't a kid that ever went skiing or hunting. You know, I was always in the gym during the winter. So 
I think it's always been in my blood. Well, Coach, obviously uh, a lot of good memories for you uh, in various capacities in Charleston over the years. And uh, what would it mean to you to, to go down there and to be a part of the same state tournament? I know you're in different classifications, but be a part of the same state tournament with your dad. Uh, it'd be outstanding. I thought we had a pretty good shot at it last year, and you know, got upset in the regional final. So, you know, something that uh, I think's been in the back of the minds of myself and, and our team this off season, and everybody's worked really hard. I mean, it was it's kind of neat to go down there and enjoy it and sit up in the crowd, and I have to worry about too much and you know watch watch Dad's team uh, win his third state title. That was pretty neat, but it would be uh, even better, I think, if we could do it together and maybe celebrate together on Saturday nights. Well, David, here's the key. You have to finish the regular season with a losing record, right? Yes. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, that, that year in 2010 and 11, and, uh, but we played everybody. You know, we, yeah. we really amped up our schedule and played a lot of good teams, and that's what we've done this year at Morgantown High. I mean, if you look at our schedule, it's, it's pretty brutal, and uh, – we're ready to take them on, so we're ready for, you know, March. Yeah. So you got to see Brooke and Parkersburg South tonight both, correct? Yes. All right. Well, your thoughts as an opposing coach. We talked with Coach Mike Fowle. We talked uh, – we got the Parkersburg South angle of it. What did you see from those two ball clubs tonight? Well, on the Parkersburg South side, we better guard the three. They had 38 points after the first quarter, and – I texted my coaching staff. I said, I'm pretty sure 12 of those were three balls. I mean, they were, they were scorching the nets as, as they always do, you know, at their home court. I think, uh, that's definitely somebody, you know, we were going to play them twice. We'll see them twice. Last year we saw them three times in our conference championship. So, uh, you know, you just got to get out and guard their shooters and, and keep them front and contain their dribble drive. Um, from Brooks' standpoint, I think they got a lot of football in them, you know, right now. They're, they're big and strong and, and athletic, and I think Parkersburg South just kind of took the, the window out of their sails, you know, early. But I think Brooks definitely going to be a team to reckon with before it's all said and done. Well, Coach, we obviously uh, wish you the best of luck, and uh, hopefully we can make this a, a regular occurrence. Get to talk to you uh, most every week throughout the course of the season. Yeah, that'd be great. Feel free to get in touch with me, and thanks for having me on. All right, that's Dave Tallman, Jr., head coach of the Morgantown Mohegans boys basketball team. They open up tomorrow at home against Buchanan Upshur tomorrow night at 7.30. We bring back Rick Marone now. And, uh, Coach, uh, you know, we talked about those uh, those father-son relationships. Uh, your mother was a, was a well-respected coach. And, and, and when did you decide you wanted to become a coach? Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, it's kind of uh, interesting because with our tournament and everything and, uh, you know, all the things that come with that, uh, you know, mom's career, and that's one of our reasons for just loving to be able to do it is it keeps that in the forefront. She was a coach for close to 30 years, coached multiple sports in Wayne County, all different sports, uh, and she really was the reason I got into coaching. I can remember being 12 years old and running around the gym down at CK when she was coaching and, uh, you know, keeping the score clock uh, and doing things like that and being around the game, and I saw her passion for the game, and uh it just made me want to be a coach, and, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's people's fathers that get into coaching, and in my case it was my mother, and this tournament's a good way to kind of remember her and her career 
uh, and just what an inspiration she was to me and a lot of other people. Rick, of course, you know, I, I, I was down there at, at CK at the same time, a little older than you, but uh, one thing I always remember about your mom, not only was she a, a great coach and, and a real trailblazer in that, she was also a trailblazer as being one of the first female officials. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, it was really good therapy for her, and I actually did some uh, I did some uh, refereeing. We had a youth league up here, and it was good therapy for me, too, to put the stripes on and, uh, you know, to be on the other side of it. So uh, uh, she refereed, she coached, and i tell you an interesting story. She, uh, you know, there was a time when uh, she was uh, coaching in high school for little or no pay, and I remember coming down the stairs. I was about 12 or 14 years old, and uh, she's sitting there at 10 o'clock at night. She has this book she's reading, and I look at it on the front. It's got some kids kicking this funny-looking ball with, like, spots on it. And uh, it was a soccer ball I know now. Well, Mom's reading this book, and I was like, Mom, you know, what are you doing? She said, well, she said, they don't have a, a coach for the soccer team, and I'm, I'm going to coach, and I don't want them to, to think that I don't know what I'm doing. Well, the interesting thing was it was the boys' team at CK. She was actually a female head coach of the boys' soccer team at CK, and that was the way she was. She was trying to make sure she was learning the rules and the game and so she could be a competent coach. So uh, that's just one of those stories that's just uh, one of those things that makes you realize you, you coach because you love the, the job. Well, coach Marone, uh, it's definitely something that um... – we run across a lot uh, are those you know a lot of times the names do stay the same over the years the, the faces change the names stay the same because uh, a lot of strong sport families especially in the smaller communities uh, that we that we see uh, I want to talk with you about you we touched on it a little bit earlier we got a moment here to do this before we have to take our next break but uh, the quality of play in your region now this is the last year that you'll be in double a for now because tulsa will drop to single a next season and that will involve some shuffling of, of the regional alignment and so forth but when you look in that section that you're in this year uh, i thought last year it was very even you could have basically put two through six in a hat and not been you know you could have made a valid argument for any of them in any order i'm not too sure it's much different this year no, I tell you what is uh, Region Four is, uh, is is a battle zone. I mean, and the thing is, Ryan, and and I know you're familiar with our Cardinal Conference uh, rivalries and games. When you're kind of slugging it out twice a year with these teams, and then everyone in our section and the majority of our region is conference members, so very familiar. Uh, it can cause for some intense rivalries or some great rivalries. But uh, we've got the double-A champion in our region. You've got uh, Chapmanville, a very strong team that uh, was right there at the conference uh, last year with Sissonville. Wayne is, is a team that's on the move. Uh, it, it's going to be great. And on the other side with Sissonville, Polka, I mean, it's, it's rough. And uh, it's kind of like Region 3 was for a long time with Summers County, Westside, Wyoming East. There's still some strong teams in Region 3, but I think Region 4 can hold their own with any of them. Uh, absolutely agree with that, Coach. We'll, we'll let you go. I know you've had a long day, and – have more work to do tomorrow, and uh, we certainly always appreciate your time. We know we won't get to see you again next week, but maybe in about, oh, what, a month now? We'll, we'll get you in studio. 
Yeah, with the holidays and such, uh, you know, and I want to wish everybody uh, happy holidays. I hope to touch base with you next week. You alluded to it earlier, Ryan. I've kind of been helping. Uh, Ollie Hunting's actually our site coordinator, but that Big Ten Cardinal shootout is going to be awesome. If anybody oh, wants yeah. to get out and see some great basketball, I know the boys' version is on Saturday the 19th at uh, Western New State. But I tell you what, uh, Friday starting at 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 at night, I mean, it caps off at 8 at night with North Marion and Sissonville. Oh, awesome. And there is great matchups all throughout the day. If anybody can get out and watch it, uh, come on by the rec center in South Charleston, and uh, we'll try and touch base with uh, you guys next Friday uh, from the event over there. And uh, it's going to be a great day of basketball. Rick, always a pleasure. Take care. All right. Thank you, guys. Great job tonight. Thank you. That's Rick Marone, head coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels and a regular contributor slash co-host to this program. Uh, he was coaching tonight. His Lady Rebels getting a win over Princeton. Right now, we will step aside and take a break. We'll come back. We'll have more Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local teams and their progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We really appreciate you becoming part of our show and helping us cover all high school basketball in the Mountain State. Join us on the phone tonight and share your team's game. Call toll-free 1-855-345-4709. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore roundup text the show at 304-249-4924 304-249-4924 go to our website and check out the scoreboard find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com a big thank you to the folks sending us tweets tonight and all of our new followers, welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, including Riverside High School, Jordan Colblank, Hedgesville Sports, Michael Minich, Mike Fallon, Kerry Osep, Mountain State Prep Hoops, Tom Hart, Sean McNamara, Brian Woodson, Tom Hart, and Big Reds Athletes. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1049 here on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on this December 11th, 2015. Ryan Epling along with James Collier, Rich Stevens, and Bill Cornwell with you and Guys, we really haven't got to talk about it a whole lot to this point. And again, we'll get you a full scoreboard at the top of the hour. James has been working diligently on it, and uh, we, we will have that 
uh, here in just uh, a moment in terms of uh, a, a full scoreboard. Wyoming East ended up getting a big win in girls basketball at Boyd County, and uh, that, that was definitely a big win for them uh, against a solid, solid uh, opponent from out of state. And uh, we hope to have more on that game a little bit later on in the program as well. Again, we're with you till midnight. If you want to join in, give us a call at 1-855-345-4709. But one of the things that uh, we were talking about before the break there, uh, and Coach Marone was alluding to the parity within Region 4 on the girls' side. Um, yeah, Sissonville won the title last year. I think the uh, there there have been years where it's it's been kind of top-heavy within that region, and it may be again with Sissonville. But at the same time, the rest of that region, it, you again, you could almost just – roll the dice or just you know put the names in a hat and draw one out and, and have just as good of an opportunity to get um, one of the better teams out of it because those teams are very similar in, in their uh, in their level of play well what a lot of people didn't realize you know despite all the talent that he had um, a lot of people questioned whether or not Rich Skeen you know the coach at Sissonville if he was able to balance the boys and the girls because as you know he coaches both yeah. teams both programs and uh, they play a lot of doubleheaders because of that. Um, well, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't say for certain whether or not one team or the other suffers. But this guy won a, won a state title last year in girls. Who am I to question? You know? right. <laughs> so, he, he and Jim Justice pulled the double duty. Uh, yes, and and obviously Jim Justice had a good year last year too. Well, wait a minute, is Rich running for governor? I'm not sure. Is no, he? I, no, okay. no, I don't think he's the one of those two. And we don't oh, have, okay. And, 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 I, I tried. It was Jim. That's and we don't have a lieutenant going. governor. Or he could maybe he could, maybe he could <laughs> right. run for lieutenant governor. <laughs> well, Jim did say he was going to – he was still going to coach if he became governor. And I don't think any of us believe that that's that would humanly – That would be interesting. I, I can just see like a, a state police escort down – <laughs> it has to be in his chopper. To, or, or, or that, well, that too. To, to, but you know, we're going down I sixty four to get him to to fairly to coach his games. <laughs> I mean, that would be wild. But tell you what, it would make news around the country. Hey, hey, the governor's coaching a basketball game. Yeah, and you know, and, and, no, and, and no one around a golf here, tournament, and, and and no one around here, you know, bats an eye over it. Right. Well, you know what's interesting? I I covered a Greenbrier East girls game at Charleston Catholic last year, and I'm coming up. Uh, Hillcrest uh, toward Charleston Catholic's basketball facility, right. and I'm following this big black SUV. You yeah. know where this is going. And the driver was um, honestly all over the road. <laughs> and I get up there and I pull in, and it's Jim Justice. Yeah. Now, I give him a lot of credit. Um, he's driving. Yeah. I mean, this guy has a lot of money. He doesn't need to drive from Fairley to, to Charleston, okay? But he's he drive, drove the vehicle. Now, granted, he was over the double yellow line more times than I can count. <laughs> But the man drove himself, so I got to give him some credit for and, that. And another Jim Justice story: a couple of years ago, he, uh, I think, it was his first year coaching the guys. Yeah. And he had a game at uh, Spring Valley. Of course, the Spring Valley gym is about two and a half miles from Tri-State Airport. Yeah. Yes, Jim flew in for the game. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jim flew funny. in for the game. I, I honestly, and that's soft subject, and I'll, I will get back to everything. Just give me. I, I actually, I like Jim Justice. I think he's a good man. Um, I, I enjoy interviewing him, but you know, I, I you know, I'd, I'd certainly don't mind giving him a hard time, and I don't. I think he kind of enjoys it. I'll too. give him uh, props for his dedication. He really is. I mean, he works it, and he's dedicated. Yeah, and, and obviously, you have to be, and you know, 
it's just it's incredible the amount of time you have to put into a basketball team, let alone two. Right, right. And uh, you know, it's just it's an incredible undertaking, and it's something that also requires excellent assistant coaches and reliable assistant coaches that can help pick up the slack when you just can't be in two places at once, and that that is bound to happen at certain times. Well, I did drive down to Fairly uh, two years ago to interview him. Um, and uh, he sat down with me at the scores table with this high school for about, oh, good half hour while his kids were running drills. So, um, you know, maybe his assistant coaches have more responsibilities than a lot of them. And he's had some good assistant coaches over the years, both they, girls and boys' side. Yes. Right. And, uh, you know, there, there's a pretty big uh, – I, I won't say – Maybe big's not the right word, but interesting early season matchups going on. Uh, you got some some teams kind of crisscrossing the state out of the Big Ten area out of north central West Virginia in AA down into the Coldfield areas. Uh, Vermont Senior got a big win over Wyoming East. I think the margin of that uh, game in boys basketball tonight will be one that will, will, will be an eye-opener. And uh, Robert C. Bird picked up a win over Greater Beckley Christian 70-43. to Now, Greater Beckley Christian, not quite what it was uh, the past few years. There have been some transfers to Woodrow Wilson. Right. And there's been a lot of talk about how good that Woodrow Wilson team is now that uh, basically uh, everybody's together, so to speak. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing how that plays out throughout the year. But I mentioned Robert C. Bird making that trip. Bill Nestor, WPDX Clarksburg, is the voice of the Eagles of Robert C. Bird. He was down there for that uh, ball game. And, uh, Bill, RCB, nice win tonight. A bit about what you were talking about a second ago. Yeah, greater Beckley Christian that uh, lost several players and uh, was talking to their uh, play-by-play guy prior to the game and, he indicated to me that they had a couple guys back with any experience. They've got a lot of talent, just uh, pretty young. So it was a tough start for them. But RCB uh, pulled out a pretty big win in the first game of the uh, Fairmont Senior Tip-Off Classic and uh, pretty impressive game for the Flying Eagles. And then uh, RCB, of course, two years ago was undefeated going into the state tournament and fell in the semifinals. And last year made another outstanding run into the postseason as well. I know it's way early in terms of trying to predict out a season at this point because there are so many variables that you can't account for at this time. But uh, what does this Robert C. Bird team have maybe compared to those last two ball clubs? Well, they've got a lot of strong guard play, which is something that we've seen for the last several years. Uh, Luke Dyer is uh, an All-State, uh, returning All-State guard and uh, a fantastic playmaker, great shooter from the perimeter. And they've also got a couple other players that are that are playing very well on the perimeter. But the, the big difference, I think, is uh, a little bit less size. Uh, there's not a real true big man, a big post player, a dominant player like they've had in the last few years, uh, like they had when Justin Noble was there. So uh, trying to fill that void and find somebody that can step up and, and play big in the post, they've got a couple of younger guys that, that can physically develop into that, but right now they're not quite there yet. So that's, that's a big difference in what I've seen uh, in the past few years, success-wise, to what they've got to work with this year. Uh, Bill, I know you get to follow uh, the, the Big Ten in the Clarksburg area. 
and, and people know about Bridgeport from its football success and obviously its baseball success, and it's been the basketball state tournament as well. Just virtually cross county rivals, but Clarksburg and Bridgeport are, are neighbors. And uh, also, you know, you're talking about some, you know, Fairmont Senior, very good as well this year. What's what's the pecking order of the Big Ten from maybe a, a standpoint of perception going into this season? I'll tell you, when you look at this Big Ten, this this year could be one of the uh, one of the top years we've had in quite some time, and that said a lot considering the success we've had in the last couple of years in the Big Ten, and had a chance to watch the uh, the first half of the Fairmont Senior Wyoming East game, uh, which took place right after the RCB contest, and I'll tell you. With just pure athletic ability and talent, the Polar Bears, I don't know how many teams they're going to rival them in terms of, of that kind of ability and that kind of depth. Uh, Coach Renton can go 12 to 15 players deep. Uh, he's got the total package there. He's got six or seven guys that can shoot the ball well from the perimeter. He's got some size inside. He's got uh, he's got all the, all the uh, tools they need to make a deep run. And, of course, you had mentioned Bridgeport just a moment ago. Uh, Mike Roby, an excellent coach, and uh, he's got uh, he's got a big blend of size and speed. So uh, yeah, they're going to be tough as well. And so you lock these teams up here, and then you got some younger teams that are fairly talented and up and coming. You know the uh, the Philip Barbers, uh, you know the, those type of teams, uh, the Graftons, and uh, you know there, there's uh, a lot of parity in the uh, conference itself. But when you look at the upper echelon, the Fairmont Seniors, the Bridgeports, and and RCB, I think, can hold their own this year. You know, you're looking at a pretty, uh, pretty deep uh, conference. And of course, if you look ahead, schedule-wise, to next uh, Saturday with the uh, Cardinal uh, uh, Conference and the Big Ten doing battle there at West Virginia State throughout the entire day, and that'll be a, a good measuring stick to see exactly where where the Big Ten stacks up with another very quality uh, conference such as the Cardinals. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I look for a lot of big things from from several teams in the Big Ten this year. Should be another outstanding year of basketball in that region. And, you know, we talked about Region 3 being so so good over the years, over the long term. And once the reclassification from 2012 took place, bringing in so many of those Big Ten teams as well, uh, that just added to the depth of AA. And it, it's just, to me, it's about as deep as any, any uh, classification. I mean, in a given year, Yes, Polka went undefeated last year, and it took everything they had to beat Fairmont Senior in the title game. On a given year, you could put eight teams in the tournament, and six or seven of them could win it. You know, it's kind of funny about that. Just let me interject. It seems, and I think it's probably because of the uh, disparity in the numbers, but Class AA year in and year out has been the most competitive at the state tournament. I don't think there's any question about that. What do you think, Bill? I think you're exactly right. You know, if you look at uh, what's happened since they reclassified, and, and you and you and you see it in Charleston, it just seems like it is. It's it's who's playing the best. It's it's who's the hottest team going in that that seems to be the team that, that takes the crown. Because ultimately, you, you look at a close a close game in a tournament or a championship game, and you say, okay, who's going to shoot well? Who's going to stay out of foul trouble? Uh, who's going to have uh, the least amount of injury issues? Those are the kind of things that, that it boils down to because you're talking about splitting hairs with uh, with a lot of these teams. The last couple of years, you, you could have you could have a best of three or a best of seven series, and you're going to have a situation where you're going to have 
uh, one team win any given night. So, yeah, there's really uh, – the parity is, is incredible. It has been incredible, and I think that's what makes it so exciting. Bill Nusser, the voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. We've got to step aside and take a break. We'll be back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia right after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. We want to thank all of our affiliates. Big thank you out to our newest affiliate tonight, 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, including Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP in Spencer, 104.5 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan. FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZ LP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers, you can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online, high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.05 11.05 on this Friday night. I thought this show was picking up a little bit of steam, and apparently it may have got a little too much steam. This show is smoking hot. Yeah, we want to apologize. Yeah, you can hear in the background there's a fire alarm going off here in the communications building at Marshall University. We've done a scan. we checked. Uh, there, there no, there's no smoke in the building or anything like that. No need to worry about us. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't turn that alarm off right now, and that alarm is in the studio. There's nothing we can do about it right now. So we just have to just plug on through it. Stick with us, please. We know it'll be checked out. And and for our safety, just so you all know, we have an easy out here right out the back door right behind us uh, So if something strange were to happen. But we're okay. Don't worry about that fire alarm that you hear. There's just nothing we can do about it right now. 
But what we can do, I think the, the, maybe the, the, the ferocity of James typing up the scoreboard and getting it ready may have just uh, overheated things here. And James, you have a check of our basketballnight.com scoreboard. Look for scores, look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all of your score updates. Let's go in the boys and start there. Lots of finals rolling in. It was Cameron an 87-39 victory over Bridgeport, Ohio. Ryan Clutter, Trey Route, 22 points in the win. Ben Hart adds 21. Lincoln gets a 62-48 win over Buckhannon Upshur. Huntington uses a 29-5 third quarter to push back Cabell Midland, 71-42. Tyler Consolidated defeats Clay Battelle, 53-46. Fairmont Senior goes over the century mark with a 101-52 win over Wyoming East. Bryson Gilbert, 20 points for Fairmont Senior. RCB, 70. Greater Beckley Christian, 43. Notre Dame, a 10-point win over Grafton, 60-50. Graham picks up its first win over Bluefield in nearly five years with a 55-42 victory over the Beavers. Hedgesville, a 52-41 win over Petersburg. It was Kaiser defeating Washington 45-27. Independence, a 72-44 victory over Greenbrier West. Spring Valley, a two-point win over Lincoln County, 48-46. Madonna, the Blue Dons get an 80-63 win over Toronto, Ohio. Joey Uwisik, I, I, I hope I said that correct. Easy for you to say. 33 points for the Blue Dons. Martinsburg, an 89-44 victory over Sharando, Virginia. It was Sherman defeating Maltcom, 82-55. Musselman, 83-50 win over Broadford and Christian Academy. Frankfurt, a 10-point win over Northern Garrett out of Maryland, 81-70. Payton City, 62. Valley West, Wetzel, excuse me, 54. It was Park South, an 89-62 win over Brooke. Garrett Gilkison, 33.6 win, six steals in the win. Pendleton County, a 77-32 win over Harmon. It was Perry County out of Kentucky, knocking off Logan by 155-54. Lexi Davis and Braxton Goff, 16 points each for the Logan Wildcats. Pikeview, a two-point win over Oakview, 62-58. Polka, no problem with Nitro, 76-50 final. Ravenswood knocks off Ritchie County, 78-40. It was Tuck Valley in a big win over Richwood, 87-30. Riverview knocks off Taswell, Virginia, 69 to 41. It was Tucker County over South Southern Garrett, Maryland, 50 to 39. Riverside knocks off St. Albans, 74 to 51. Tigers Valley, 56-41 winner over South Harrison. Webster County, a 91-82 win over Doddridge County. In overtime, Westside knocks off Scott, 80 to 78. Let's go to the girls' scoreboard now as. It was Wyoming East having a little trouble with Boyd County out of the gate, but gets a nice victory in the Boyd County Round Ball Classic, 63-37. Lincoln, a 61-42 win over Gilmer County. Hurricane knocks off Capital, 53-40. Clay Battelle, a 56-39 loss to Petersburg. It was East Hardy doubling up Moorefield, 52-26. A 10-point victory for Fayetteville, knocking off Richwood, 57-47. Grafton defeats Philip Barber 64-45. GW, a 41-24 victory over Logan. Chapmanville defeats James Monroe 57-44. Buchanan Upshur 
Gets behind McKinley Gaunitz, 22 points for a 61-53 win over Jefferson. Mercer County, Christian, and the 100 Hornets. Now, they don't put up 100, but it is a one-point win for Mercer County, 36-35. John Marshall defeats Oak Glen, 81-38. The Big Reds knock off Cabell Midland, 77-36. Pikeview defeats Nicholas County, 31-68. Olivia Carpenter, 10 points for Nicholas County. Pikeview, Madison made 25 points, 10 rebounds. Ashley Scott drops in 23. Roan County, 81-34 victory over Webster County. It was Sherman falling to Greater Beckley Christian, 39-37. Summers County gets behind the Justice Twins. Brittany, 22. Whitney, 17. The way to a 77-32 victory over Pocahontas County. Tulsa, a 30-point win over Princeton, 74-44. Williamstown, 89. Scott, 42. And Willing Central knocks off Clay County 66-57. Taylor DePlugla, 15 points, led four-figure scores in the win for Willing Central. That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Thank you very much, James. Of course, some of those names we'll get much more familiar with over the course of the season. Yeah, some of those I believe so. And it's uh, one of the things, that, especially on the girls' side of AAA especially, it graduated one heck of a, of a senior class statewide. And, uh, I've, I've talked to several people this this year, and I said nothing against of all of the class of the, the teams around Class AAA, Park South, Morgantown, Huntington. Those are your three top teams. They they are head and shoulders above everyone else out of the gate. You see, you you lose the girls from Spring Valley, Shana Gore from Logan. You take those two teams away, they're perennial. Over the last three years, have spent time in Charleston, West Virginia. It's going to be interesting to see teams that can step up. You lose Abby Watson out of Hurricane. But you have Mary Rogoshevsky, the second coming of the Rogoshevsky, if you will. Her brother leaves uh, for graduation. Now she steps in and takes over the family name. Class AAA should be interesting to see who can make a run at those three teams that should be around. But I think it's still a, a three-team race at the top of AAA on the girls' side. Again, if you're just joining us, you're hearing a fire alarm in the background. Uh, actually, I believe that's an emergency alarm. Yeah, it's an emergency. Yeah. MUPD has been notified. They are responding, and we see no threats of any sort that we know of. Right, so <laughs> we, we're as secure as we're going to be. We're locked into the room, so I, we're not going anywhere. Right. The guys in the booth can't even get in here now, which is fantastic. <laughs> and they can't see us. So Right. So, uh, <laughs> Not that they would want to see us. These are four faces made for radio. So. Exactly. Uh, you know, we. I don't know. We have a lot of fun on this show, and sometimes part of the fun actually comes after the stressful moment of when, when things go wrong and people work really hard and get it fixed, and then something just completely out of your hands goes haywire. You know, you, you hear the thing, I guess, during the holiday season, it's the elf on the shelf. Well, <laughs> we have our own form of elf on the shelf. It's called Murphy's Law, okay? And Murphy was hanging out in full swing here tonight, but... Um, it's it's one of those things. Oh man, I thought we. Oh, there we go. Yay. MUPD has arrived and it has stopped. But uh, it's more like the gremlin in the garret. <laughs> it's, it's something. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things when you think nothing else can go wrong, it will. And in this business, that's kind of what happens. But uh, the most important thing: plug through, get it on, and and more most important aspect. Anytime you're doing live broadcast, get the program on the air. And uh, I think that we have succeeded in that. It was a uh, struggle bus ride at the beginning, to say the least. But uh, hat tip to everyone who jumped in and uh, got everything resolved. Absolutely. And, yeah, that is it is live radio, it, or, you know, and also live on the web, on, on web stream. 
it's not always packaged together nice and neat sometimes. But that's part of that's part of what makes us endearing. I, to I, I traveled to uh, Wheeling Park three weeks ago, as it was for the state quarterfinals. I had South Charleston and, and Wheeling Park up there, and I went through five phone lines yeah. trying to get out. I called this game on my cell phone, and you talk about an interesting way to do a broadcast. I was handing my cell phone to my color man so he could talk. We finally. <laughs> put the phone on the table, put it on speakerphone so we could kind of banter back and forth. And it was one of those things that wasn't ideal, but the game was arable. My, 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 my broadcast or my producer back in the studio, he goes, I've had worse, but it's on the air. Well, I got James. I didn't have any problem at all watching the game from the sidelines and not working. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you did because I had all kinds of troubles. It was called uh, Cross Wilkerson throwing out darts at night. <laughs> to show you the, the on the fly on this uh, – show here's your score uh james uh shannon lewis himself coach of the saint joe lady iris just told me that uh, the lady iris beat parkdale maryland tonight 44 41 so as you might expect they're off to a good start yeah, yeah. hey tell him to call us that you have contact with him <laughs> facebooked him <laughs> correct correct me if i'm wrong here but remember the whole lebron james not one not two blah 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 huntington st joe's at seven right I think they're so. at seven. Yeah, they're at seven. Yeah. Uh, can can they make eight? I think this is this might be the biggest challenge of the last eight years. Might be this year and that, but they're still plenty. Well, they they are still. Team. I wouldn't say they're loaded, but they do have plenty of talent. I'll tell you what. Right now, we'll step aside and take a break. Again, our phone lines are open and working. Eight five five three four five four seven zero nine is the number. If you want to join us, we've got the fire alarm out. We're back in good shape. We're back up and running at full capacity here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up so hot that it tripped all the fire alarms here at Marshall University. The teams are focusing on their trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local teams and their progress all season long with basketball Friday night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, WYRCLP in Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWB Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYATLP Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free 1-855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. 
Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And a big thank you to all of our new Twitter followers and those who are sending us tweets tonight to keep us up with the game. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11-18 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rich Stevens, Bill Cornwell back with you. Here tonight on this opening night of the season. Of course, if you were listening earlier in the program, you heard our resident referee, Bo Anderson, talk about how Sometimes when you get to that first game of the year, and you know they're, everybody's still trying to get into their routine and rhythm of how, to, of how to do everything, getting everything set up, and how he went to a game where they forgot to stick the possession arrow out until the fourth quarter of the JV game because they couldn't find it. Those things happen. But here's the thing. This is basketball season, and this show is a celebration of basketball season. So even though we've had a, a few headaches and a few hiccups, we're here to have fun. Yeah. And, uh, and we certainly uh, hope that you guys enjoy it as much as we do here. And, uh, again, more than the guys in the back. I feel for them. It's the holiday season and our hearts are light. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> What does that mean? I don't, I don't even have a clue what that means. <laughs> I agree with him, though. And uh, <laughs> before we get too far in here, I also do want to mention uh, our affiliates. Um, we have grown, as I mentioned. This has really taken off over the past uh, – Two years now. This is year three of this program, and our thirty-first show, which is incredible. Um, but we were able to add uh, WRLF ninety-four point three in Fairmont. We added WVWP LP in Wayne. We added WASP LP in Huntington, and we're also uh, working on a couple of other uh, projects as well. So uh, good to good to grow our program on the uh, over the air, and, and something that, that our research came back with was that we're about fifty fifty on in terms of number of people who answered a, a poll question online as to how they listen to us on the radio or online. So uh, to me that was interesting because especially with the poll question being on the internet, you would think that would lead to a bias of who was accessing your site. But uh, we've noticed our website numbers have gone up. Our Twitter followers continue to rise as well. And uh, just we can't thank you enough, and we enjoy doing this. And, again, several ways to get in, in, in touch with us. If you want to join us on the program, one 345 4709 You can always get with us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, or on basketballnight.com, which is uh, basically it, it's a one of the – uh, it's a one-of-its-own-kind uh, website and something that uh, Marcus Constantino and the crew in the, in the back of, have, have done a tremendous job, and James and everyone else who's involved with that have done a tremendous job on that. So, and also, you can email us your scores, scores at basketballnight.com. We want to get your scores. That way we can share them with everyone else and be your one-stop shop for all things high school basketball 
in the state of West Virginia. Basketball has a rich tradition in West Virginia. Uh, rich, not meaningful, but, but it does. <laughs> nice play on words. Uh, that was, it's 11-21. That was completely unintentional. But, uh, you know, you go back to Jerry West, Tyrod Hundley, uh, who, who just passed away. Um, but some of the, the – the, I mean, you know, the, the NBA logo, you know, and, and you're talking about some of the – uh, most well-known names in basketball, and you go back to Hal Greer, who's from Huntington, who was on the NBA's 50 greatest list at one point. And uh, really, the the tradition of high school basketball. I don't, I can't tell you exactly why, but basketball seems to be a little more tradition rich than other sports in the state of West Virginia. Um, I'll, I'll tell you why. What I think, I think, is because of how the state tournament is set up. I think that's a a big reason because you know you're you're gathering all these teams you get you got you're playing what you know uh, three games in four days to win a state title all these teams you come down to stay and you if you go to the state tournament and then you go between games you run across the street to the town center mall you're going to see uh players coaches that you know um teams running around you know in their in their warm-ups and things like that it's and it's such an event and the very few states quite frankly do it that way so um and it's it's the one time during the year that a lot of teachers and coaches i mean they'll they'll take a week's vacation and even if you know their team doesn't make it they'll still come down because of the camaraderie i so i think i think that week in march uh, those two weeks in March, for that matter, and if you want to throw this in there, the week before that with the Mountain East Conference tournament, uh, you know, it just makes it a real special three-week period in March that's uh, really exciting. Well, now it's at the Daily Mail. Um, you know, our sports editor uh, Chuck McGill we're coming up on March, and he said uh, he said it was like two or three days before the Mountain East Conference tournament, and he said. He, he called, and the word he used was glorious. The next three weeks are going to be glorious. And quite frankly, um, I sent him a tweet back. I said, man, you hit a nail right on the head. That's beautiful. And it is glorious. The one thing the Charleston Civic Center needs is better Wi-Fi. Oh, they need better seats. They need, they need a lot of things. And, and I know that they're doing some work there, but I don't know that they're doing that much on the arena. No. They're doing much on the, on the convention center, but not the arena. The infrastructure needs work. It does. It's, it, that building is what getting close to forty years old. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it could use a little work. And and, and uh, I mentioned I'm sorry, that not, right, the Wi-Fi. You're right. That's number one on the list. And I, I mentioned that not to be critical, but because oh, no, it's ahead. such a great setup, I don't want it changed. You know what I mean? Well, no, you're right. But you know what the key is? And I shouldn't give out this secret because you know, I took it upon myself and asked the maintenance guys, "Hey, can I get a Ethernet?" cable set up so they brought equipment out so I'm, i plugged right into my computer and bingo i mean it was it was well glorious <laughs> but um so um they're very i mean they're very accommodating all you have to do is ask i have a hard time criticizing the civic center staff right because they're so accommodating um it's just there's some things obviously some major kinks that need worked out in that building but, uh, and we talk about the, those three glorious weeks now, you know, with the WVIAC no longer existing, the Mountain East Conference taking its place, but still having the tournament in Charleston. Um, and the girls' tournament, to me, is growing. It's not necessarily in a big growth. It's a slow growth. I know back when you had Alexis Hornbuckle, right. Renee Montgomery, uh, Meg Withrow, you had regional finals with 7,000 people in the Civic Center. 
Um, but it, it still feel it still feels to me as though it gets a little more attention each year. I think people may be starting to realize from a pure talent standpoint, there might be more girls basketball talent on a national level than there is boys. I, I think it's the growth of the game nationally, both the, well, all levels. And I think what we're seeing at the college level is starting to sprinkle down to the high school level. And little by little here in little West Virginia, it's starting to get that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you, uh, Ryan. Uh, the, the crowds are growing a little bit for uh, – now, some of the single-A games, I remember last year there were – it was you could throw like a rock and not hit a lot of people, but the triple A <laughs> games and and the double A games to me double A is just about as the intensive most intensive class in girls basketball. It's Same always seemed that way. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of times you get larger communities still. Right. Yes. That's true. That's true. Now here's part of the here's part of the situation with the boys and the girls and and the difference. And I've already kind of alluded to this. Um, a lot of these teachers and and coaches, everybody, they take week their week of vacation. Yes. So they're you know so odd. They're not taking it for the girls. No, they're taking it for the boys. Yeah. And so as far as the growth, you're absolutely right. It is a gradual. It's very gradual. Um, I I think it'll top out because at the end of the day, boys basketball is more exciting. It's more attractive. Brings more people in to watch. And you know. So I don't think – I think it will top out. The girls obviously will top out. Yeah. Here's something that the fans don't know, but we that kind of get underneath the, the situation do know is that boys' basketball tournament basically turns into like the athletic director's convention every year because you have uh, the sporting goods stores like uh, the uh, Glenn Sporting Goods here in Huntington who sells a lot of the stuff, Zides. They're there showing their wares to the athletic directors and coaches and that's about the only time that they're all together. That's true. And and uh, it's a great point. Bill. So it it kind of turns into like the unofficial convention for high school athletics in West Virginia. And those those first three days, when you have six games each day, um, they can I know they make for long days. Oh yeah. But but, but there's a lot of a lot of fun in there too. A yes. lot of good basketball. A lot of competitive basketball. And I just think it's a. I think it's a wonderful event, and that's why we that's why we do this show. That's why we celebrate it because West Virginia, quite frankly, is geographically challenged. Um, I, so. I have to say, though, I've noticed this the past few years, a lot of schools are getting out of their areas around, not just for Christmas tournaments, but early in the season, going to different places. I mean, you've got Wyoming East is up in Fairmont right now. Uh, Greater Beckley Christian went up there as well. Now you've had the, the hey, Big Ten Cardinal. It's Conference like Coach White from Morgantown said. Get out of your comfort zone. You know they're they're comfortable playing those teams up there around Morgantown. But you come down, you play Logan, you play uh, Canal Valley schools, or, or some of the schools here in Cabell Wayne County. You get out of your comfort zone and you really test yourself. You toughen yourself. And a, lot, and a lot of times, it's not that you're playing necessarily just like a lot of better teams. It's that you're playing people you aren't familiar yes. with, slightly different styles, yeah. and very competitive still. Well, a lot of people lose sight also of it's a it's a. Uh, it's a character building and a relationship building experience. Uh, Wheeling Park, for example, they'll come down here play South Charleston or whomever. Um, when you're going out of town, odds are you're staying overnight in a hotel. And those kids, that's a bonding opportunity. And they're they're staying in a hotel. They're eating at a restaurant. I mean, that prepares you for a potential state tournament meeting. So um, I think it's a bonding experience. It's really helpful. 
I think uh, I think a lot of good comes from that. And uh, like I said, more than just on the court. A lot of yeah, good comes from no that question. in general. Right now, we'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get another check on our scoreboard here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Emily Stoller, Fairmont Sr., Stephen Harrison, Sissonville Indians, Mackenzie Barker, Clay County Lady Panthers, Jared West, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Jadarian Wade, Parkersburg Big Reds, Gage Wicks, Williamstown Yellow Jackets, Gavin Nichols, Clay County Panthers, Elijah Cuffey, Polka Dots, Cody Maynard, Parkersburg South Patriots, Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A big thank you to everyone sending us tweets, texts, emails, scores. We really appreciate that. That helps us cover everything that's happening in West Virginia. Keep that up. A shout-out to our tweeters, including Bulldog Nation, Austin Lowe, Brian Webb, Brian Goddard, Chris Johnson, Coach Tim, Aaron Bauer, Jana Jones, Megan Stevens. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.32 on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Season 3, show 1. 30 more minutes to go as we have survived uh, several situations through the night. We've been through the fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fire alarm is out. Fire. We're ready. I, it's the yeah. first time I've been here, so I, what fire? Yeah, what exa- exactly. <laughs> I don't. It, it it usually goes more smoothly than this, and, and it will. Yeah, Rich. This is not a usual night. This I don't think not. it was bad at all, but you know, hey, we still got thirty more minutes to go, and we always want to finish on a strong note. And of course, uh, we still want to hear from you. If you want to give us a call, one eight five five three four five four seven zero nine. One of the things we want to really do with this program is to sort of make it to where it becomes a 
a habit for you on Friday nights when you go to a basketball game, wherever you may go, flip your radio on, just listen to us on your way home. Maybe you decide to, to stick with us once you get home, get us online, basketballnight.com, the various other ways to do so as well, all, all listed on the website. Send us scores. Yeah, always, always send us scores. Always send us scores. Yes, because uh, you, you send them, we, uh, we'll use them, that's for sure. I just, I just saw something on Twitter um, where Madonna beat Toronto, Ohio, 80-63. There's a kid from Madonna named Weezak. He had five three-pointers and 38 points total, 10 boards. There was a quarterback that played at Brook High School by the name of Chris Weezak. And I just wonder if that's not his son. Um, that's not, uh, you know, I'm not uh, a privy on the Northern Panhandle since I left about a dozen years ago, but I'm going to have to look into that. If anybody I, knows. I remember, I, I guess I'm, I'm showing you're in my age because I remember that older Louisiac because I remember him playing against what was then Barbersville High School <laughs> many, yeah, many yeah. years ago. Brooke uh, actually came here. To Cabell County, played sure Barbersville. No, actually, uh, Barbersville won. Okay, I I know that was Bud Billiards. That, that was teams. that was the Bud Billiard yeah. era. You know, they no didn't doubt. lose a whole lot. So. They did not. Yeah. All right, now let's get another check of our basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. We'll start with girls basketball action tonight. All these games final. Wyoming East goes to Boyd County, Kentucky and beats the Lions 63-37. The Warriors overcome a halftime deficit to get that win. Lincoln defeats Gilmer County 61-42. It was Hurricane defeating Capital 53-40. Petersburg over Clay Battelle tonight 56-39. Also tonight East Hardy defeats Moorefield. Battle of Hardy County there 52-26. The Cougars double up the Yellow Jackets. Also tonight, Fayetteville beats Richwood 57-47. to It was Grafton 64, Phillip Barber 45. George Washington beats Logan 41-24. That was in the Barber J. Marone Key Player Classic down at Tulsa High School tonight. So tomorrow it will be George Washington taking on Tulsa in that championship game. Also, uh, Logan will take on Princeton in the Constellation. Also tonight, Hannon beats Covenant Christian, 34-25. It was Chapmanville Regional defeating James Monroe, 57-44. McKinnon Upshur defeats Jefferson tonight, 61-53. McKinley got it with 22 points on the night. Lincoln County beats Gilmer County, 61-42. It was Mercer Christian defeating 100 in a close one tonight. Those two teams about as far apart as you can get to in Class A, 36-35. Marshall Christian gets the win. Also tonight, John Marshall defeats Oak Glen, 81-38. St. Joe looking for its eighth consecutive girls' Class A title this year. They defeat Parkdale, Maryland, 44-41. Parkersburg over Cabell Midland, 77-36. It was Pikeview all over Nicholas County, 61-38. Madison May, 25 points, 10 rebounds tonight for Pikeview. Ashley Scott, 23 points. Sparrow Void had nine rebounds in the win. Also tonight, it was Roan County defeating Webster County, 81-34. Greater Beckley Christian defeats Sherman, 39-37. Summers County over Pocahontas County, 77-32. As four players in double figures for the Bobcats tonight. Tulsa over Princeton, 74-44. It was Williamstown defeating Scott, 89-42. 
and Wheeling Central defeats Clay County 66-57. The Maroon Knights get the win in girls basketball. Boys side, it was Cameron 87, Bridgeport, Ohio 39. Lincoln defeats Buchanan Upshur 62-48. Huntington all over Cabell Midland 71-42. Tyler Consolidated defeats Clay Battelle 53-46. Philip Barber, a winner over Elkins tonight 57-39. Fairmont Senior hangs 100 on Wyoming East. The Polar Bears get the home win 101-52 as a 49-point win for Fairmont Senior at home. Bryson Gilbert, 20 points to lead the Polar Bears. Robert C. Bird defeats Greater Beckley Christian, 70-43. It was Clarksburg Notre Dame over Grafton, 60-50. Graham defeats Cross State Line, but town rival Bluefield, 55-42. Graham located in Bluefield, Virginia. It was Hannon over Covenant Christian in boys basketball, 82-42. So Hannon gets the boy-girl doubleheader sweep tonight. Hedgesville defeats Petersburg, 52-41. Kaiser over Washington tonight, 45-27. Both those games part of the Hedgesville Christmas tournament. Also tonight, Independence defeats Greenbrier West, 72-44. Lewis County over Liberty Harrison, 49-24. Spring Valley, a narrow win over Lincoln County, 48-46. It was Madonna over Toronto, Ohio, 80-63. Martinsburg over Sarando, Virginia, 89-44. Sherman defeats Montcalm tonight by a score of 82-55. Also tonight in boys high school basketball, Broadfording Christian Academy defeat, excuse me, falls to Musselman. The Musselman Appleman get the win, 83-50. Frankfurt beats Northern Garrett, Maryland, 81-71. A bunch of home wins here. Peyton City over Valley Wetzel by 8, 62-54. Tyler Consolidated, a 53-46 win over Clay Battelle. Parkersburg South, an 89-62 win over Brook. Pendleton defeats Harmon, 77-32. Perry County Central out of Kentucky defeats Logan, 55-54. Pikeview over Oak Hill, 60-58. It was Polka over Nitro, 76-50. Ravenswood over Ritchie County, 78-40. Tug Valley beats Richwood tonight, 87-30. Riverview over Tazewell, Virginia, 69-41. Tucker County over Southern Garrett, Maryland, 50-39. Riverside over St. Albans, 74-51. St. Joe defeats Buffalo, 79-48. Tigerts Valley over South Harrison, 56-41. Wahama over Reedsville, Eastern Ohio, 36-34. Webster County outscores Doddridge County tonight, 91-82, the final in that one. They went to overtime in Clear Fork. Westside defeats Scott, 80-78. And that is a look of your high school scoreboard in the state of West Virginia. One game that stuck out there to me, Perry County Central in Kentucky defeating Logan. Logan coach Alan Hatcher, former head coach of the Commodores at Perry County Central. Also, where former W or well, current WVU player Jay Sean Page attended his final high school season at Perry County Central in Hazard, Kentucky. Great information. Gotta hey, love it. Hey, everything does tie in together yeah. some, some way, somehow. <laughs> you know, we we touched on it a little bit earlier, but we didn't get into much depth with it. Um, the coaching changes, um, especially the, the the carousel in full effect. You had. Uh, Rabbit Thompson going from Tug Valley to Mingo Central. Uh, Coach Napper going from Mingo Central to Chapmanville Regional. Alan Hatcher going from Chapmanville Regional to Logan. And Mark Hatcher stepping aside. And we certainly hope 
all, all the best. I know he had some health concerns, and I uh, certainly hope all the best for uh, for Coach Mark Hatcher as well. Health but, and occupational. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but, but just so many changes down there. Had been EK transferring from uh, Chapmanville Regional to Logan after Alan Hatcher went there to be the head coach, and uh, just a, a lot of uh, shakeup in the coaching ranks in an area that, quite frankly, is known for having long-term coaches. Willie Akers, I mean, uh, you think you think of longevity in in that region and, and so many others. Uh, but uh, no, it's there's been quite a lot of movement in recent years, especially this year. And it, it just it all seemed to to start with Mark Hatcher's decision to to step down at Logan. Well, um, as long as the folks at Logan uh, want you, that is a great landing spot. Um, you know, the lights go down. You know, uh, the players come out of the locker room. They're announced. Big time atmosphere. Um, a lot of pressure, but also a lot of a lot of excitement, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of good things when you're a coach at Logan. Um, and you know, it didn't it doesn't hurt that Alan Hatcher, you know, uh, you know, is obviously Mark's dad. You know, so th- there's the connection. Um, it's uh, it's kind of a kind of an interesting uh, situation down there. It, it we talked earlier about the Logan, you know, Chapmanville and the Mark and Alan Hatcher thing, of course. I don't know if you guys remember last year when when Mark, you know, when Mark's kid was played at Chapmanville last year, and there was that that fight, and Mark's in there just trying to help, and he gets arrested and everything else. And I just thought, I just got to everything turned out fine. Okay, it was blown out of proportion, but I always have to chuckle thinking, wait a minute, Mark Hatcher's team is playing against his dad's team, and the teams are fighting. And Mark's in there trying to break it up. It just seems like a an odd dynamic. <laughs> right. <laughs> it seems kind of bizarre. And, and those two programs uh, actually had decided to not play basketball. Guess what? Starting next year, they're in the Cardinal Conference together. Yeah, yeah. well, so, they don't have much of a choice. Right. And uh, and that's another thing, too, with the, the reclassifications. Um, it affects football more from a scheduling standpoint. But – Changing the the landscape, the Cardinal Conference loses Tulsa after after this season, as they go back down to Class Single A, and gains Logan, Winfield, and Nitro. And there was consideration of adding Lincoln County and Point Pleasant, and it kind of surprised me. Point Pleasant, which was a good Cardinal Conference member in the past, uh, did not go back in. But uh, Ollie Hunting and and the uh, the principals and the ads decided, let's leave it at ten. That's a nice round number. It helps with scheduling, and 10 is what they go with. And, and it still leaves you uh, – you know, I don't want to get too far into football, but it, it leaves you one open date in football to re- retain a rivalry outside of the league. Yeah. Whereas if you went to more than 10 and played everybody in the league, you, your schedule's set, you, you would lose some of those rivalry games, and, and that would be a shame. I mean, Logan and Mann, for instance, played in, in football. When Logan was AAA, which they are now, but, I mean, Logan, AAA, Mann, A, and now they're both going to be AA. Well, here's a for instance. Yeah, right. <laughs> here's a for instance. You'd think that Nitro would want to keep playing St. Albans because obviously the battle for the bridge is always huge in those two communities. So there's your one game, uh, Ryan, that, right. that maybe you could yeah, preserve. And Chapmanville and Logan would well, want was, to play Mann. That was not going anywhere. Right. Or is that, yeah, Nitro and Stadiums are still going to play. But but uh, it, it, the interesting part about the whole Point Pleasant thing, of course, you hear all the 
all the talk that nobody wants to play Point Pleasant, this, that, and everything. But let's face it, if I'm a team that's struggling, I don't want Point Pleasant on my schedule. Right. Let's face it. Right. And, and I mean, there, there are so many factors in, in that that you know, I can't pretend to know how the voting went or who decided what. But uh, it was interesting that that's what they chose to go with, and a nice round 10 number. Uh, it's hard to argue against it from a logical standpoint. So um, we'll see how that all works out. Hey, we've got one more break, one more segment to go. We'll tell you what our poll question is. It will be posted on basketballnight.com. We'll tell you what that is. And we hope to get one more call in before we call tonight. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking Listen Live. Big thank you to all of our affiliates tonight and bearing with us on all of our technical challenges. We promise to do better next week. Thanks to our affiliates, including our new affiliate, 94 Rock WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC LP in Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP LP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPW LP in Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP LP Wayne. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 101.9 and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, 88.1 88.1 FM, WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers, you can find Basketball Friday Night in Huntington on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.48 as we wind down our season opener here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, a very quiet James Collier tonight. He's been very busy, though, so we've just let him... Go to work over there tonight. Uh, He's been the pick and shovel guy tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been doing the hard work. Richard Stevens, Bill Cornwell, also with us. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, all you hear is the click, click, clacking of the <laughs> keyboard, which is good. Yeah, yeah, getting a lot done, no doubt about that. And um, you know, a big thanks again to all of you who listen, and you're the reason why we are able to do this show. And um, one of our 
One of our favorite callers is from the Martinsburg Journal, Rick Kozlowski. He joins us now on the program. And uh, Rick, I don't think the guys in the back got any music for you today. That was a surprise. You didn't get any. Oh, I lied. I lied. <laughs> You're one of them too. That'll work. Oh, there we go. <laughs> now, I have to ask Rick because this I, is the I, I most was, important. I was ready to start singing along. Yeah. <laughs> Please turn the music down. No, please, no. Um, I have to ask because this is the most pressing question of the day. Did you mow your yard today? No, I didn't. I was uh, watching the uh, the walkthroughs at uh, uh, Shepherd for the big Division Two National Semifinal Football Game being to be held in Shepherdstown, and then I covered a couple high school basketball games. Sunday, I will do it. However, I mean it's, it's seventy degrees and it's December, and we've got to mow. It's just that just that is totally not right. But anyway, basketball, Rick. We, uh, you know, Eastern Panhandle has uh, continued to send teams that have competed into the semifinal round uh, at the AAA level for the past two years. Um, is there a team in the Eastern Panhandle this year ready to to take that extra step? You know, it's, there's been a lot of good basketball over the last 10 years here, and I think in general it's kind of a down year, but there are there is one superior team I see at the moment, that's Martinsburg, a team that uh, returns a lot of its lineup, including a couple of Division One prospects, Darrell Jones and Josiah Villa, and the other team, which was extremely young last year, came on strong in the postseason and got to Charleston, Musselman. And they had a bad nice win tonight. Uh, the other teams, though, mm, it looks like there's going to be some struggles around around here this year. Could still always, though, and, and Rich can attest to this, whoever comes out of the Eastern Panhandle is always formidable no matter what. And yeah. always a threat. Well, just ask Rick Kozlowski. Oh, wait. Is that, is that Rick we have on the phone? Sorry. Hi, Koz. How's it going? <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, wondering if I'm, like, in an echo chamber here or something. <laughs> it's uh, it's going well. I mean, I mean, we have, we have spring in December. I mean, does it get any better? And you've no. still got football. Oh, yeah. What and the- I still have football. Anytime you yeah, get to which is, which is absolutely Anytime you get to interview or talk with Monty Cater for an extra week or two, it's good. Rick, Monty was kind of relaxed when I talked to him today. <laughs> so uh Rick uh which is, I guess is a good sign from them. Yeah. I, I, man, we we we're not connecting today, are we? No, we're we're struggling today. We'll get there. It's season opener. Just uh just but, trying to get just trying to get the bugs up. Well, I hear you guys have had some technical problems, including a, a fire alarm alarm going off. <laughs> that that's... Um, I, I know James Collier put James Collier put out the fire. Yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> he was definitely the fireman over here tonight for us. And uh, Rick, uh, as we get into the uh, the holiday the the holiday portion of the schedule, um, what 
what are you looking for out of say Martinsburg or uh, uh, some of the other teams that are that are in that area? I know you say Martinsburg appears to be at this point the uh, the best team in that in that area, and they were a team that really came on as year progressed last year. Um, what what are you looking for from them to to take that next step this year? Well, I think uh, you know just based on experience, you know that's uh, going to be a huge help for them. And uh, you mentioned the holiday season and and Martinsburg. You know where they're going for a holiday tournament? Uh, you're not getting to cover them though, are you? On this holiday trip. Uh, so you you know what holiday trip I'm talking about? Yes, they will be <laughs> a trip to Hawaii. Yeah, they're in the Nike tournament in Hawaii. How could you not yes, get in on that uh, trip? Oh uh, well, I don't know, but I'm supposed to be going to Disney World that week, so I, I guess we're you know sort of, kind of, you know, close. Okay, maybe not that close, but. We'll both we will both see palm trees. How's that? There you go. Hey Rick, uh, sorry sorry to cut things short tonight. Again, we've like you like you are aware we've been uh, kind of fighting the show tonight, and uh, we have to wrap things up here before we get out of here for the night. But always good to talk to you, and uh, we'll have a little more to talk about next week. I'm sure. Gentlemen, you have a great weekend. Enjoy, uh, enjoy spring. Uh, get some gardening done. See you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rick. That's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Now, we want to get to our poll question. It will be posted on basketballnight.com. And Marcus, you have that. Thanks, Ryan. Today's poll question is, which boys basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? Huntington? Polka or Magnolia? Again, this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia poll question of the week. Which boys basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion? Huntington, Polka, or Magnolia? You can head over to basketballnight.com right now and put in your vote. Polls are open until next Friday at 11.45. Thank you very much, Marcus. And let's be honest, all three of those teams have a lot back from last year. It may be more relied upon what the other teams have about them being able to repeat because I think they are good enough to all win it again. No question. And uh, well, I think I was just going to say yeah, real quick yeah. that um, maybe the question should be which team won't has has a lesser chance. I mean, you might because let's face it, if you ask which team, that'd be that's a tough one to answer. You know, so you know maybe come up with something that you know what team has a chance of maybe coming within 10 points of one of those three teams. Let's see, Foca last year goes undefeated. Its only game that was within 10 points was the state championship game against Fairmont Senior. Huntington had the huge blowout win over Hurricane in the semifinal and then was taken to the wire by Parkersburg South in the AAA final. And that Magnolia-Wheeling Central game, which is, I think the fifth time they played last year, was just was phenomenal. 23rd, 24th time they played last year. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah and, and basically split most of them, if, if I'm not mistaken. I think Magnolia may have got the better of them. Um, more times than not, definitely, when it, when it really mattered. But uh, you know, Region 1, Class A, wow. Very wow. good. And, uh, and Bishop Donahue. Yeah, Bishop Donahue's a good Strong, team. I mean, goodness. 
yeah, just uh, definitely, definitely no out, easy outs there. James, your thoughts from uh, week one? Is I know you've again had a very busy night over there. Thank God it's over. Hey, <laughs> I think that pretty well sums it up for all of us there. Bill Cornwell, uh, your thoughts tonight? Well, uh, off to a, to a good start. Really, uh, we didn't see any. Uh, Big ones. I think the the Wyoming East win over in the girls was was one that was a, a good one for the state of West Virginia. Anytime you can go across the border and win like that, that is good. So that's a good start for a West Virginia team. The uh, Fairmont Senior boys beating Wyoming East one hundred one to fifty two is definitely an eye opener. Rich, uh, your thought? Oh, uh, uh, it, I don't get I don't get caught up in these early. Nothing, you know. I mean, they're fun, but. It's hard to get caught up in these games because it's so early. Yeah, and, and uh, so many teams still have guys that are a little bit short because of football, right. too. So Absolutely. Um, definitely things will play out. We'll learn more each and every week, and you will as well, as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back next Friday from 9 to midnight on these great stations. Thanks for listening. For everyone involved, good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit our website at basketballnight.com for our poll question, the basketballnight.com scoreboard, and much more. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved.